following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Bank! Bang Bang, what is up you guys? Welcome to episode 71 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrum. And this is Bank. We are the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. We come to you every Monday and now uh, together we talk wrestling, comics, TV, uh, a little bit of everything. Uh, this week, Dave, I got to bring up my Black Christmas snafu. Uh, as most people did this year, I did most of my uh, shopping online, you know, uh, that Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And I pretty much, for the most of it, got everything done. Like, there was a few things that I'm probably going to have to, like, go over to Kohl's over here down the down the street to buy um but again for the most part got everything done and uh I believe it was like Wednesday yeah Wednesday or Thursday I was getting email I had everything had already gotten shipped I was getting emails about like my Cyber Monday stuff already and I I was sitting there thinking I was like what the fuck I still have not gotten any emails from Hot Topic like They've not sent me my stuff yet, and that's pretty weird because, again, everything else is already shipped out. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, complaining to, to Jeanette, one of our coworkers. I'm like, ah, it, you know, this is so unprofessional of them. Like, I'm going to call them and give them a piece of my mind tomorrow. Cause my, yeah, you was, know got there. Yeah, because it was a little bit late at this point. I was like, I might have to I might have to call, you know, Hot Topic Joe and, and let them know how unprofessional yeah, these people are being. Give them to straighten it right out. Yeah. Well, I come home, open up my laptop, and I never hit checkout. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was one of those things where I guess I was just buying so much at one time that it didn't occur to me. I was just like, oh, okay. Uh, and it's fine. It wasn't like it was anything big. Like Hot Topic usually has like $12 t-shirt sale. And so it was like some stuff for my nephew. Because now, like, the dude, he's about to be nine, and he's already wearing men's medium clothes, which is weird. Like, that he's wearing men's clothes. Uh, like, I don't know. I mean, you have, you have, you know, your daughter and your two stepkids. Like, at some point, it's weird when they go from, like, kid clothes to, like, wearing adult stuff, right? Well, you, even now when I'm looking for stuff, I was like, is that, uh, like, you know, for my daughter, it's like, is that, is that kids or is that, like, adult? Or, like, shoe sizes, then there's, like, a changeover from youth to, like, oh, it, it, it can be a little bit of a nightmare. But, yeah, it's good. The little guy's getting big, right? Yeah, I guess it's just a thing where he likes just loose t-shirts. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I I guess. I don't know. He's And it's weird, too, because he's not really, like, chubby or anything where he'd want to, like, I want loose t-shirts to cover up, you know, my little gut. He, he kind Let's of, keep yeah, he kind of, in personality, in personality reminds me of uh, the little boy from uh, Hunt for the Wilder People who's also in Deadpool 2. Yeah. Like, he reminds me of him. Except again, he's he's not chubby, but definitely reminds me of that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, man, like I mentioned, Christmas is it's it's coming close. It's it's right around the corner, and uh, I think for wrestling fans, they got a little bit of an early Christmas present this week in that uh, Sting showed up. Uh, yes, were you watching live when when that happened? I was. Well, you know, full disclosure, um, not a lot of people knew about it. I I did happen to know about it only because like I designed his hoodie, and so like when the show was coming out, um, like I had to activate the product. So like 
all, all you guys that love to buy t-shirts from ProWrestlingTees.com, you know that normally when something happens in pro wrestling, we're really Johnny on the spot when it comes to, here's the merch for it, get it now. And so, like, the, the second, you know, the lights went out, I'm enabling a product. <laughs> and we're clearing the cash and we're getting ready. The traffic on the site was tremendous but yeah like i i was watching live i got goosebumps um you know uh, uh, ryan made a meme about this and uh, you know he made the joke about wwe fans wanting one more match out of sting and then as soon as he goes to AEW, they're like we don't want to see a 61 year old guy wrestle but like sting has always been so cool and he's always been part of like the modern wrestling fabric since the 80s you know he was 80s and 90s he was wcw and then like you know everyone talks about everyone reinventing himself i mean he really had a major reinvention like there, there weren't that many babyface wrestlers as big as sting and then he became this like brooding you know <laughs> very much of its time but he he was able to evolve it and so kind of surreal to see him back on tnt you know under the aw banner but um if merch sales are anything to go by, uh, there's more good stuff to come, you know? Yeah, I it's, it's funny, my history with Sting, I don't know if I've, I've talked about it before, I've mentioned it. Like, I, I was not a wrestling fan until about the age of 12. At that point, it was like, right. you know, 2004, 2005. So I... I the on, my only recollection of Sting was uh, I used to go to my cousin's house all the time, and him and his friends would play wrestling. And, yeah. you know, they'd be like, I'm the rock i'm stone cold i'm the undertaker my only knowledge of a wrestler at that point was sting because uh at the laundromat you know they have like those little like stickers and stuff that you get uh one of them was sting and he was like right there in clear and he looked like the crow and i remember watching the movie of the crow you know so i was just like okay like in my head the only reference point i had was sting so i was like oh i'm sting they looked at me as if I was like, I'm Fred Flintstone, you know, because they were all like WWE guys. So yep. everyone's picking their, their WWE dudes. And I'm like, I'm Sting. And again, I might as well have been like, I'm Snoopy because they just like looked at me with such disgust in their face. Like, yeah. what the, you know? Um, but no, yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, again, we were, I was at the shop uh, working and everyone was like watching. And it was just, that was one of those things where, uh, Everyone was like, oh, my God, even Frank, you know, Frank, who who famously uh, met him and called him Stung. Uh, he uh, he was excited about it. It was pretty cool. Like, I know everyone uh, again, you know, like you mentioned the whole Ryan thing, you know, comparing Sting to Goldberg, two different things like uh, yeah. everyone's like, he would have done it. It's like, OK, I like again, in the long run cool if he if he wrestles which he probably will it'll be protected in some sort of tag match they're not gonna have him beat kenny for the title you right. know and then hold it hostage until well and, he, and here's the thing too th- there's always this stigma about like nostalgia acts the problem is like with sting you know and i know your history isn't as like gigantic with sting as it is with some other wrestlers mm-hmm. but like he was literally rick flair Dusty Rhodes level of popularity. And, and in fact, um, Ric Flair himself will go on record to say Sting was one of the best people he ever wrestled. And like, you know, they helped really feed off of each other in, in a time when wrestling was at its, you know, its first golden age, like its first real peak in popularity. 
uh, he was one of the top stars. And so, um, it, it, there's there's going to be certain wrestlers that can always come back. Um, Hulk Hogan, to a, a lesser extent, you know, since his recent things happening. But like, you know, Ric Flair will always be re- welcome back. Sting will always be welcome back. Um, the Undertaker, the Undertaker could come back at like ninety, and people would say, "Yeah, he's, re- he's retired thirty-seven times." Like, yeah, that's why, like, this most so, current one, when everyone was like, uh, "Yeah," I just I was like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, but. But if AEW smart, and I, I think they are. I think they they have a forward facing vision. They'll use him, not as like a, a champion of the week, kind of like what WWE does. Like they they had they had him come in. They had Goldberg come in and, and squash someone in five minutes and be the champion, and then drop the title a month later. I don't think that's what they're going to do with Sting. They're going to use him to enhance. And all the legends that are signed to them have really specific roles in the company that actually help younger talent rather than taking the spotlight off of them. So I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of shine off of Sting and uh, definitely not a, a Saudi blood money type uh, situation. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, but another like very exciting thing to happen this week as far as like for me that I considered somewhat of an early Christmas present was uh, the announcement that uh, HBO Max is going to uh, release movies uh, same day that their theatrical releases would have been. So, for instance, uh, you know, if uh, Dune is supposed to come out March 15th, you know, just a date, if that was its uh, slated original date, whatever theaters it can come out in, uh, it will come out in, but it will also be available for free on HBO Max that same day. And yeah. a lot of people were like up in arms, calling it the death of the movie industry. What, what was HBO going to do? They can't hold on to you know like Suicide Squad and Matrix Four and Godzilla versus Kong forever. Like they were, right. they, they needed to do something. And Suicide they, Squad, yeah, Suicide yeah. Squad. Like they need subscribers for this new platform that they have, and you know who knows and when? Who knows? The same time too. What was that? Uh, the, the money's all going in the same pot for this company. You know what I mean? Except they get to keep more of this pot this time, you know? And, like, listen, this is a – it's an experiment. And, like, how it's – nobody knows the movie theaters are going to reopen. And then sucks. That that very much sucks along, like – and, this, like, rightfully so amongst, like, when the government is sitting there and trying to figure out, like – what they're going to do about, you know, businesses shutting down and stuff like movie theaters are not at the top of that list. And again, right. like rightfully so they, they shouldn't as like, I'm someone that loves movies. I used to go almost like weekly, you know, I, I love them. Yeah. But like, we should be more worried about other things right now than when can we get, you know, go and be packed in a giant room right. with a hundred other people. Uh, well, I, and, and, Another thing that people don't realize too, and this is not maybe every movie on Warner's slate, but there's a lot of movies that like the movie is just the beginning of the revenue stream. You got licensing like for apparel, uh, for accessories. Uh, you know, a movie like Suicide Squad surely will have toys, and like until you can show the movie, you can't really reasonably release the toys. And there's just like a whole set of dominoes that need to get knocked over, you know, to get some of the investment that they have back so like i could see like matrix four I, i'm a huge matrix fan so like there's gonna be a lot of people that want to watch it but then they're also going to want to buy the art book or the todd mcfarlane figure that comes out 
Well, you, you know what I mean? There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that until the movie is shown to the public cannot really happen reasonably. So um, I'm fine with this. This is like, like you said, this is like a gift to a lot of people because almost everyone I know has or has access to HBO Max. And I got to say, it's one of the streaming services that has been really kicking ass lately. So um, this is just like another feather in their cap, I guess. Yeah, I can't I, I, I can't fault them for it. You know, yeah. I, again, it's not everyone's doing it. Like Disney's still hell bent on they're not releasing Black Widow yet. And. I mean, it, it is what it, it is what it is. You know, everyone's gonna have their own way of doing things. This might yeah. be the future. Unfortunately, movie theaters might go the way of the drive and it'll become a niche thing. Like how do you how do you be you know, hey, pay fifteen bucks for this streaming service, uh, and you can watch this at home as opposed to come with your whole family to the movie theaters and spend close to a hundred bucks. Now that that being said, there is something to be said about seeing a movie in the, there's certain movies that you should just see in the theaters. Yeah, for sure. At, at least one time. But yeah, for everyone out there worrying about it, don't worry about the big corporations. They make billions upon billions of dollars. They can tighten the belt a little bit and give back to the consumer a little bit. And I'm sure even Disney, like Disney has so much money. I'm sure they're like, well, we'll just write it out. So I mean, either way, let them make their decision. And if it benefits you as a consumer, that's a plus. Yeah, they'll they'll be fine. Uh, yeah. Before we get into this week's interview, um, I I, I want to thank the, the sponsors of the show. Actually, we got a uh, freelance wrestling, of course, the official sponsor of the uh, PWT cast. We've got M3 Toys. If you're in the market for uh, Funko Pops, NECA figures, just toys of any variety, um, and Christmas is right around the corner, uh, head over to M3 Toys and use the promo code PWTCAST. Uh, they'll give you a whole ass 10% off just for uh, using our, our fun little promo code. As well as uh, you got that one cousin who's super into horror-themed stuff. We all do. You know, Everyone has that one cousin, that one friend. Uh, and if they're super into horror-themed uh, puns, well, we got the place for you. Head over to crypticlosset.com, use the promo code PWTCAST, and you'll get a whole ass 20% off. And uh, if if you're in the mood for a fanny pack, Cryptic Closet is the home of the one and only Fanny DeVito fanny pack. So, you know, can't go wrong there. And then, of course, last but not least, uh, our friends over at Gorilla Publishing that just dropped Tales of the Cryptic Closet 2 that has uh, my wonderful severed head on the back as well as... Uh, Frank Spahik, former guest of the show, friend of the show. Uh, our sever heads are on the back of this book. Uh, head over to the Cryptic Closet, or not, not the Cryptic Closet, head over to Gorilla Publishing Group and check out all the wonderful books they've got over there. Um, Dave, this was actually a really fun interview that we did. Uh, there was a little bit of a snafu up front, uh, which we like sort of reference. And I, yeah. I full disclosure, uh, so what happened is we recorded, and then after about 10 minutes, it stopped recording. Don't know what the issue was. But I, th I think we'd only been talking for about 10 minutes at that point anyway. Uh, like 10, 20 minutes, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we like this interview so much we did it twice for you guys. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> I at one point during the 10-minute mark, I was going to be like, oh, damn it. Like, it got messed up again, but I didn't want to jinx myself. Yeah. But no, this was a really fun interview again. Uh, Elena Black, someone that... Um, we've kind of seen around for years of known, you know, known her. And this is, 
I think the first time that we've actually like kind of sat down, I mean, as far as for myself, sat down and talked with her for more than like a few minutes, because again, with the freelance school, uh, when it was running, um, we would see all these kids all the time, all these people coming in here to train. And uh, I think her and I, we, we, we sort of bonded over like our love of CM Punk and 500 Days of Summer, which you'll hear about in the show. Uh, but it was a really fun interview, like for someone that, uh, what do you call it, is so young, like she has her head on her shoulders, kind of, you know, she yeah, knows what she's doing. Cool. Yeah, knows what she's doing and like has self-awareness, which I think is a quality that not a lot of people do. You know, sometimes people kind of, um, they buy into their own hype and, yes. and it's a hindrance, you know. Uh, but definitely like not her, you can, you can definitely see that she's, uh, again, she's got that self-awareness of she, she knows where she's at at a certain point. She knows how good she is, but she's also, she also knows that there's still room for improvement. There's still room for growth. And, uh, like I, I thought it was a really fun chat that we had with her. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, we remark on how young she is and how, how far she's gone in that short amount of time it's very easy especially for like really young people to let that go to their head and clearly she's got a good head on her shoulders and she's smart self-aware like you said and uh i mean i've been enjoying seeing her rise and you know she's got so much more to go so pretty exciting interview yeah man again it's uh one of the things with the pandemic man it's that there was uh a whole lot of stuff that kind of had to be put on hold. Um, and you know, her, her rise up the, up the ranks at at freelance was one of those things. But when things go back to normal, I'm, I'm excited to see what's to come, but, uh, Hey, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, we'll have some more comic and movie talk after the interview, but for now, let's go ahead and get into this week's interview with, uh, the one, the only Elena black. Dave, I think it's really fucking cool when people know, like at a young age, what what it is that they want to mm-hmm. do. They manifest it, and it becomes a reality. Because so many times you, I mean, you like I wanted to be an astronaut as a kid, and you never tried. I never did. Once they yeah. told me I had to be good at math, I was like, oh, yeah. that's gross. I'm no, no, thank you. I'm okay, and so i just i was never an astronaut yeah. But there was other things like I was like, oh, I eventually want to be a writer. I want to do this, and like I. I've been saying for the last 10 years, I'm going to make a movie. You've been procrastinating. Yeah, I watched 500 Days of Summer, and I was like, I'm going to make a movie. And I still haven't, but I'm going to. But today's guest, you're someone who, for the last four years, has been owning her craft, has been training, putting in the hours, and it's paid off because prior to the pandemic, she was all over like the independent scene. She was, as far as I could tell, hardly ever home because... Every time I'd, I'd see her Instagram or Twitter, she was in some other state, yep. you know, wrestling in front of hundreds of people. And even as of recently, we saw her in AEW Dark and on AEW. And I think that's really fucking cool because from knowing her a little bit, I I kind of I, I know wrestling's a passion and yeah. you see it come through. And for it to be blossoming even now when a lot of wrestlers are kind of like, ah, I'm hanging up the boots. It's it's a little too hard right now with the pandemic. It's not been the case with her. She's still been putting in the work, which is awesome because that's something that here at the BWT cast we're we're big fans of. Yeah. And uh, let's just go right ahead and and introduce her, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the one, the only Elena Black. Hello. 
Hello. <laughs> Co- completely transparent, you guys. I hope this records because we recorded about ten minutes and it was like really good. Yeah. And I don't know what I don't know what happened. No, it's fine. Yeah. We're gonna do it again. Yeah, we're, and gonna, we're gonna sound organic as hell. It's gonna be organic yeah. as hell. I totally was not just dropping in future things for us to pick up. Yeah. All right. Uh, although we didn't tell the Daniel Bryan pretzel story this time, but it's fine. It wasn't yeah. that good of a story. No. He worked at a pretzel shop. I think it might it might not even have been him. He might be listening to this because be like, I did not work at a pretzel. He's shop. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, what? He's like, I'm such a fan of Elena Black, and <laughs> she's perpetuating this stereotype that I worked at Aunt Annie's, oh, as if I would lower my. I would yeah. work at a Wetzel's pretzels. I love Annie's. I'm you know, like thinking about it now. You know what? I I was attending uh, community college, and there was a mall right right by there, and I would always go there in between periods, because uh, it was like really long. For some reason, like an idiot, I was I didn't just get everything back to back, so I would go there, and I would always get the pretzels, and they have the one pretzel with a hot dog in it. I love those. <laughs> those are. Did you ever try? They have like it's it's just a pretzel with like pieces of pepperoni on it. I haven't because like I have like a thing about pepperoni. Like sometimes I like it and then sometimes I just absolutely hate it. So it really just depends on the day, and I just don't like it on a pretzel. I think. See, I'm like that with sausage. Like some. It, That's me too. Like if you eat sausage pizza and in, in Chicago, it's like Italian sausage. Yeah. yeah. But if you go other places, it's those weird like it's cut differently like it looks like a brown pepperoni yeah, yeah. i don't know i'm a weirdo like with sometimes with food like i don't know sometimes i just get, i love it some days and then sometimes i'm absolutely disgusted like when i eat eggs love eggs for the most part yeah. like scrambled eggs and stuff mm-hmm. but then sometimes i'll be chewing it and i'm like i, I gotta spit this out like i can't eat it i'm just a freak i don't know uh to me it's with like that like fake mcdonald's egg. like if i get like a sausage oh, yeah. oh, muffin McDonald's or something eggs. i love their mcgriddles though yeah. Those are good, yeah. but like I recently got the McDonald's breakfast uh-huh. that comes with like the the sausage patty. Basically, just build yeah. your own, and I couldn't eat that egg because I knew it was just like fake and like it was yeah, just like sometimes it gets you in the head. You're like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, it, it was not good. Sometimes the hash browns too. I, the last time I went to IHOP, it was literally just like, oh, you threw this like in a microwave. Yeah, yeah. it was perfectly cut. I was like, this isn't what I want. I hate berries. Berries? I yeah, for berries. a very weird reason. Is like it the hairs? Uh, no, it's a texture thing. And like I told Zis this, and he gets really disgusted at, at work. But like I always picture like especially like little berries as like bugs. So like you're like biting like that. spider abdomens, <laughs> and then like a raspberry is like a bunch of bugs. I love raspberries. But oh. now you might make me think that. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> mean to ruin it for you. <laughs> you know what? You brought up bugs, and she might listen to this. So like I gotta bring it up. Uh, well, I don't. A spider is technically not a bug. That's well, a bug. It's not an insect. Well, at one point, a spider came down from here. It was like right next to you, uh, and then it went right back up. Literally for like, uh, it, I didn't have enough time to react or say anything. <laughs> I absolutely would have threw this headset off and like ran out of the building if I saw that. So it's probably a good thing. I'm like a freak about bugs. If there's an ant, if there's a, a butterfly, I don't care. People are like, oh, it's a, no. I hate bugs. It's, it's like a moth in disguise. I don't yeah. care. What thought of the famous tag team, the Sisters of Destruction? You yeah. know. She is a spider, and I sometimes there's things you have to look past in relationships, and that is one of them. <laughs> well, I figured that was it was like her in spirit, you yeah. know, like she was here with you. But again, just making yeah. sure you're okay. It was also yes. very quickly. Like I also hate spiders, so immediately, but it, it literally <laughs> came down. I made eye contact and it went right back up. Yeah, and I'm now just, we have no idea where it's at. I'm really so. glad I didn't see that. But now this whole time I'm gonna be like looking yeah. aside. Well, we're like we're recording in the PWT cast office and. Stank, I'm sorry, this isn't our office anymore. It belongs to the spider. Yeah, we should just leave. We should. <laughs> uh yeah, that was the that was uh 
a fun little bit we spider did talk. Spider talk. Spider talk. You know what? We'll end the food talk again in some wrestling talk because I'm sure your fans are like aren't listening to hear what food yeah. you find <laughs> gross. But I'm like that with mushrooms. I, oh, mushrooms are I just, great. I've never had mushrooms and I refuse. I what? Know I, I know I won't like them. I have like I hate almost all vegetables. I'm literally like a child. I'll eat mac and cheese, chicken, uh, pizza, but. Most of the, my boyfriend makes fun of me all the time, but I just can't. Like, I refuse to eat vegetables. I like, like, corn and, like, peas and, like, potatoes. I'll sometimes eat some lettuce, some spinach. <laughs> See, I, I fuck with that. Like, yeah. I, I hate broccoli. Well, I hate mushrooms, first off. like Mushrooms are great. I, I hate them. And it's not like, like, I remember when we were younger, my aunt, she, well, she's not technically my aunt anymore. She's only my aunt through marriage. Right. Um, I mean, I'm, whatever. She's still my aunt. She's yeah. evil. She's the one I told you about oh, where wow. she, she used to cut my hair and then purposely started messing it up so that I wouldn't <laughs> go to her anymore. It's fine. She got divorced. My uncle took almost good. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah she nice. wasn't a nice person. But when we would get pizza as a kid, uh, they would always get, they'd be like, what do you want? Sausage. And then she'd be like, I want mushrooms. And my uncle would be like, okay, okay, have sausage, have mushrooms. She'd be like, no, he can take them off. And then I just wouldn't eat. And then I would purposely like go home and they'd be like, oh, would you eat at your aunt's house? You know, like at your cousin's house? I'd be Nothing. Like, I'd be like, I didn't eat. Yeah. And I would tell them they <laughs> suffered. Yeah. But I'm, I'm like, I don't like that. I hate broccoli too. Like, Broccoli's every- great. I, the thing is, like, I don't mind the taste of broccoli. But so if it's like in like like the broccoli cheese soup from like Panera, mm-hmm. I love that. But I'll take out all the broccoli chunks because I'll I don't mind the taste, but I can't eat it. Like the hairs, I call it the broccoli hairs. I can't deal with it. It absolutely grosses me out. That's my favorite part. No, if I could take like the soup and like put it in a strainer, get rid of all the broccoli, and then like just have the taste of the broccoli in the soup, that's fine. But. So being a wrestler, you have to watch your diet. Yeah. Like I mean, clearly looking at me and David, yeah. we're also Adonis's. Yeah. You know, this body is built by vegetables. <laughs> exactly. Clearly, like what we're doing is we're bulking up. Yeah. Uh, so that you know, like it's getting cold. Okay. Winter is yeah. coming. No, but then that way we're gonna turn all this into muscle. Yeah. You know, like it's smart. We're storing we're thinking, fuel. You know, we're playing we're playing chess while everyone is playing checkers. Yeah, yeah that but makes sense. But you being a wrestler, like, how hard is it to keep to a diet? Because every single week, every every Saturday or Sunday, I'm like, my diet's starting Monday. And then it usually only lasts till about Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, like, with you, you have to be, like, on it. What's that like? Yeah, no, I definitely, um, I eat pretty well for the most part, but I definitely don't like to deprive myself. If I want something, I'll just eat it because, like, balance. Mm-hmm. That's how mm-hmm. I like to think of it, Okay. Um, but no, I, especially with my hate for vegetables, sometimes it's hard, but, uh, no, usually I'll just eat like rice and like chicken and turkey. And like, I find like recipes that like actually taste good. So I'm not like disgusted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love like pancakes and stuff. So I'll eat like protein pancakes and like uh, sugar-free maple syrup and that kind of stuff. And like mac and cheese, there's this thing called muscle mac. It's like protein oh. mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. It's, it tastes a little bit off, but like if you want mac and cheese and you're trying to eat good, it's amazing. It's the best so. you'll get. I, I think that's always like the interesting part of, there's like that transition from when like your parents aren't cooking for you anymore and you have to kind of, fi- like you have to figure out what it is that you're good at cooking. Yeah. Because like when I first moved out, I could cook about three or four things, you know? Yeah. A lot of repetition in your diet. I could, listen, I could only eat so much uh, chorizo and pasta and, and like, and, and frozen pizza. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I was literally, I was like, I don't want any of this anymore. And so I just, I had to learn. And, like, luckily, one of my best friends, like, he was in culinary school. Mm-hmm. So I would just go to his house I, and I'd be like, teach me how to just cook different things so I can learn and I've gotten a little better then. Like I'm, I'm like this close to like perfecting yeah. making rice. It's almost always too much water or not enough water, mm-hmm. and then I just like, 
um, man, a lot of food talk on the, the podcast so far, but no, it's good. Uh, Elena Black, uh, you know, we, we kind of touched on it on, on the first interview, but where does, uh, we're, we're also, we are also now past the 10 minute mark where the last one started, stopped yeah. recording. So I'm pretty sure we're good, but where's it, where does he let the name Elena Black come from? Because it very much sounds like a wrestling name. Like yeah. sometimes you hear a name, like I remember the first time I heard Walter and I was like, who's like what a nerd yeah. and then you but see, it grows on you yeah you see walter him, yeah. and it's like oh yeah. yeah like you are for sure so, someone that could wrestle and be badass enough to have a name of just walter is probably a pretty good wrestler yeah 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 but no so growing up i would always have like these wrestling notebooks and i would always write down like moves i wanted to do and like names i wanted to have and like what i wanted to look like blah blah, blah. i had like probably 20 of these i would always come up with like a million different names um, at one point, I wanted it to be Aubrey because my real name is Brie, and then I had I wanted my finisher to be called the Breality Check. Ooh. Garbage, okay, complete garbage. But uh, I also wanted to call myself Brie M. Punk because a big CM Punk fan over here. For those of you who don't know, um, I like spray painted that on my garage inside. Like I obviously didn't want to, probably wouldn't ever call myself that as a wrestler. But growing up, I did call myself that all the time. Um, but then I had like a Vampire Diaries obsession for like a split moment in time and I only ever got to season three because I have the attention span of a squirrel and can't <laughs> keep up with things for very long so I stopped watching but uh, the main character on there, Elena Gilbert, so I was like, I'll just use that but I'll spell it differently and then I was stuck on a last name for the longest time and I was like, my favorite color is black, sounds cool, I'll just go with Elena Black and so it became when shows start coming back i i feel like i'm gonna i feel like obligated to start up like a bream punk chant yeah. that may, like maybe maybe one other person will be like yeah. oh yeah that was her uh no full, you, full disclosure i've watched most of vampire diaries see i was because not, of my wife yeah. not because i enjoyed it don't 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 put that don't put that evil on annie all right see i used to watch true blood like because mm-hmm. I, I was just like ah, I don't know vampires and it was on HBO yeah. and I was I was like at that age where I was like oh anything on HBO it's classier <laughs> it's cooler than CW which like I'll gladly watch at like a CW show I don't really care yeah. Yeah. but also with that I stopped at like season three or four because yeah. it was good it, it didn't mm-hmm. like get bad but I just like fall off things very quickly yeah. if, I, See, if it's I, not wrestling related I my attention span is not there I just I didn't no longer had HBO and <laughs> this this was like before you could just like actively go find it on the internet yeah. like people even to this day people are like torrent it I'm like <laughs> I'm good yeah. yeah I'm like I'm fine like if it's not if it's not just readily available I'm I'm not gonna you know like even with some wrestling like I don't have the network and like my brother has it but he doesn't have it all the time like he sometimes would be like ah, I don't want it this month and I'll be like all right I really want to watch Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 21 and I can't because it's like I have to find some weird like YouTube yeah. will mm-hmm. sometimes have stuff up but then they'll like either like speed it up or slow it down for like copyright yep. or, or they'll, or they'll flip, flip the picture flip yeah, yeah I hate oh. it yeah that's always the worst so I'm like why are they coming in from the why are they coming in from the right side of the, yeah. the arena that's weird I know yeah. it's not that big of a deal but I just can't get past it so I'm like I'm not doing that yeah or like when you watch Bachamania videos and they're just like really oh, tiny yeah. well so, sometimes too with older wrestling like I think I'm spoiled now that everything is filled in HD filmed in hd yeah so it looks as good as it's going to and a lot of like older wrestling that you find it's like really grainy and really tough Mm -hmm. and you're like i know that's eddie guerrero because he has the red tights but holy shit i i can barely see yeah i'm like i can't tell who he's wrestling you said it's uh, jamie noble sure (laughs) 
I, I trust I you. you. Yeah. Uh, but you mentioned CM Punk yes. and like at, around the shop, you, like before we knew you like as Elena Black, the wrestler, you were just like the CM Punk girl yes. to us. And clearly not like any sort of like malicious way. Yeah. Although I know every time we worked the CM Punk, we'd be like, man, she'd probably want to work the event. And for some reason you always said no. No, I would ask <laughs> Frank all the time. I would be like, Frank, please let me, please. I was so annoying. I would come up to him all the time. Well, it's because this CM Punk yeah. fangirl was telling him, He's like, there's only room please. for one of yeah. us. Because, I mean, he, like, even with me, like, the first time that he did a signing with Pro Wrestling Tees, I was so nervous that, like, and I think, like, everyone has this whenever you meet, like, any sort of celebrity that you really admire for the first time, just word of vomit. Like, it's almost, mm-hmm. like, you almost walk away and you're like, what the fuck did I say? Yeah. Like, I introduced myself to him as CM Punk. I was like, hi, Alberto. <laughs> I was like, hi, Alberto, I'm CM Punk. And he shook my hand. He's like, no you're alberto i'm cm punk and i was just like (laughs) oh and like exactly but then like the next year after that i'm like i get to like work with him and stuff and i remember yeah i still was like yeah cm punk girl (laughs) but he like ryan was like uh yeah make fun of him because of his cm punk tattoo and he was just like oh you're he's like you're the one with the cm punk tattoo right and like I remember, I literally wore like a long sleeve shirt that day because I was like, I, I don't want this him is to too much. I was like, he's in a fucking thing. I'm a nerd. Uh, but like you used to be at all those signings. Yes. Like that's like that's how I came to know you mm-hmm. because you were always there. You always in front of the line, yes. and like he he knew who you were. It wasn't just like oh fuck, here's this crazy. Yeah. Thing. Hey, hi. Like no, he would sit there and yeah. talk with you and take yeah, time was, with you. It was so cool, especially because he was like the very like my very first him and edge were like my very first favorites and i think honestly if i remember correctly my brother he was the one who liked wrestling first and it was like when i first started watching wrestling it was right around the time of the cm punk ray mysterio feud and like late 2009 early 2010 around mm-hmm. that and my brother loved ray mysterio so i think it was like me just wanting to go against my brother mm. well i like cm punk and then he just became my favorite but uh no he was my complete favorite he's like the reason i became a wrestler and i think i i met him at a house show in chicago it was like December of 2013 so it was right before he left I got to meet him but it was very quick like just took a picture he was like signing several people whatever and then he like the whole thing with him like retiring whatever and I was like completely heartbroken I like would cry in my room about it like I was so dramatic about it like I remember I would be like in the car with my mom like looking out the window like crying like (laughs) so dramatic the the same day he quit I broke I, I me and my girlfriend of two years like broke up Damn. and it was like it was not a good breakup like I found out she'd been like cheating on oh, me God. and stuff and I remember just like in the car just like driving home crying and like the one thing I was just like first CM Punk quits and now this Damn, and like that's to, rough. and to yeah. be honest <laughs> I was like I think I was more upset that like CM Punk quit because I was just like great like the cherry on top. I was like yeah. now I can't watch wrestling anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I was completely heartbroken about it. And then I think that uh, he did that first appearance at Challengers, that uh, signing for the comic book, like a year after. It was like February of what, what was it, 2015 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they had that film crew there, and I was just like so sad about him like retiring that was like the first time i saw him again since then i just like started like bawling my eyes out and like they had it on camera and like i don't know many if many people know that that's me in that but i'm sure now they will but i've been like avoiding it for the longest time so see but i think it's good though because um when you're eventually like wrestling for for world titles and stuff like that people people will be looking you up and they'll eventually find that clip like Mm -hmm. there's no shortage of oh my god here's this wrestler as a fan here's this person as a kid here's them with you know edge or whoever it is and they're gonna see them they're gonna be like man like 
you could see how passionate she is about this because mm-hmm. I, I believe like Punk talks like to your dad yeah, in, the video. in the video about how like she wants to be a wrestler. She, you know, yeah. she you're her idol and stuff like that. And so like to see like, oh, this person influenced like they had an effect. They had an effect on yeah. you mm-hmm. to like pursue your dreams because so many times, you know, again, like we mentioned, people want to do something and for whatever reason, they just don't do it. But especially for you to start training at 16, like what's mm-hmm. that like when you go to mom and dad and you're like, hey, I want to be a wrestler. I'm going to start training. Yeah. Uh, is this okay? So I first started watching wrestling when I was like eight. Uh, my dad and my, my younger brother, he's three years younger than me. He, they were, I think my dad like showed it to my brother and then my brother got into it and then I started watching it. But my brother like quickly fell out of interest with it, probably within like a year. But I was the one who like stuck with it, which like they didn't expect that it was gonna be like a phase kind of thing. But um, no, I like ever since then I was like in love with it. And then I remember like one day I was watching, I think it was like a Michelle McCool match specifically that I was watching. And my dad was like, you know, like you could do that too. And like for some reason, like in my head, like as a kid, you don't think that you can actually do that. For some reason, it seems like they're not like real human beings. And so I was like, oh my God, like that's like an actual thing I could do. And like ever since then, I've been obsessed and I wanted to do it. I think I started trying to get trained at like 11 and 12. I would like look up like every training place in illinois i don't even know if any of them were like legit or not but like i would like look them up and i'd be like can you please train me and obviously they would be like um no you're like 12 (laughs) so So nobody would train me and then i so i started doing mma when i was like 14 15 just because that was like the closest thing Mm -hmm. and i wanted something close to wrestling and i figured it would help so i did that for like a year and then when i was around 16 i found bryce and he finally let me train i think he even thought i was a little bit too young but he was like well you did mma so like why not so yeah because it's like you hear some wrestlers like i i know like tyson kid he he i think he just like at eight nine whenever it was that he met like uh all the hearts he was just like all right cool i'm doing this or you know you see like pictures of eddie and chavo like as children literal children just like wrestling um and that's always cool, like especially when you start that young, because there's so much like of a progression. Like mm-hmm. you got to think someone like a Rey Mysterio, who's since like what twelve, yeah. has been wrestling, mm-hmm. has like thirty years of like having done this that you could go back and you're just like, oh man, like I thought I was like the best, and like you see your progression because, like just in life in general a lot of times like uh like facebook memories kind of does it for me where it's like oh this is what you were Mm. this is basically what you were thinking on this day and it's almost always something stupid (laughs) but like occasionally you're like oh wow like i remember that i remember that and like i remember how you know woe is me the world's going to end this is the worst it's ever going to be and that's never the case or how you're just like i i vividly remember like even with like like you right now you're pursuing your dream job of like wrestling Mm -hmm. and whenever people ask me like what's your dream job i always talk about how like well it's two one is i would be on stage with three six mafia when they perform just going like yeah mafia like (laughs) working and stuff not even that like like like, just yeah the hype man just the you know because in all their songs it's always just like yeah oh north north just random things like that like i don't even have to be seen i just i could just be off to the side just like yeah because that would be cool for me but the second one is like working here Uh and maybe like a month before i even got like the interview here i went on a trip to florida with some friends and i remember we were on the plane and we were like before the plane was boarding like if you go to one look at the frequently asked questions it's just like 
a bunch of smart ass things that Ryan put up. You know, like it's like I mean, I want to talk to a manager. That person was rude, and it's like the person you talked to was the manager. Yeah, just yeah. random things like that. I remember reading it, and I was like, man, this place seems like it would be so much fun to work at. Yeah. But like, too bad I don't know how to do graphic design. I'll never work there. Mm-hmm. And like now I'm here, so I can only imagine for you. You know, you mentioned you had notebooks of these are the moves I want to do. Yeah. These are the names. This is what I want to look like. Yeah. Like to see, and you're still young. Mm-hmm. Like when you, I was like, oh yeah, you've been how many years now? You're like, I'm 20. I was yeah. like, Whoa. <laughs> I felt like yeah. such a such an old fart, especially because like again, I've seen you around basically for the whole time that I've been working yeah. here. Um, but like, yeah, the sky's the limit for you. And like I mentioned like you were becoming like a staple at freelance because I think the cool thing with freelance is that, I mean, aside from like the hardworking, like the students are because it's before the shows, after the shows, you guys are doing everything that you can to just help set up, help break down. But I think the cool thing is when you see someone who like, you were just helping before the show, you're here at every practice and now you're in the ring. Now you're actually wrestling. Now, not only are you wrestling, but you're winning matches like what's that like for you to kind of see that your hard work is paying off especially in such a short span of time because some people like pick it up Mm -hmm. but other people it takes them like a little longer yeah and it definitely did take me uh, a little bit of time to pick it up i think i'm just a slow learner in general and like i get very frustrated with myself very easily um because i did train for two years before i even got to have like just the shortest match like it took me so long and like I would just, like yeah, like I said, I would get frustrated just because I was so passionate about it. And, like, when I didn't pick something up, it just made me so upset. And, like, I would get so down on myself. And, like, I would be, like, crying in the parking lot. And, like, I wanted to go home. And, like, Bryce would come out. I was like, what's wrong? Like, I'm never going to be a wrestler. Like, I suck. Like, I can't get this, whatever. And he would always be like, just just keep going, just keep going. And eventually, I finally had my first match after two years. Uh, and I was actually with him. And, like, ever since then, I just never wanted to stop going. Like, I was trying to work as many shows as I could, as many places as I could. I got like my own car like I paid for it like there was a shitty ass car but it was like <laughs> but I needed my car because I needed to go travel and then uh, I was just if I wasn't wrestling three times a week I was just going to shows helping out and being annoying to promoters like let me help out let me tear down like I'll do whatever like blah blah blah, blah. and then eventually it starts to pick up the hard work starts to pay off and like this past year has been crazy like even like during the pandemic I tried to safely do as many things as I could as possible like last month in October was like probably the craziest like month of my life i think i was home maybe like three four days like i wasn't sleeping i was just like on a plane on a different show in a different state and it was amazing it was like it was the busiest i've ever been but like the happiest i've ever been because i'm like doing what i want and it felt like it took so much like frustration to get to that point and i'm still going strong so well like at a certain point like and maybe you could probably relate to this with like graphic design where it's like you do it for so long and at a certain point it just like clicks Mm -hmm. and you're just like oh okay like like whatever that is that that piece that was kind of missing yeah. like yeah. it's there now and like i'm pretty sure if they were just like hey you got to wrestle this person and just just go out there and do something maybe like two years ago you would have shit your pants yeah. and mm-hmm. but like i'm pretty probably sure still now, but. <laughs> probably still probably still now but you would incorporate that into the match and know what to do so that people don't you know like watch the match and go what the fuck was that yeah well yeah like a big part of that too is like Especially, I think when you're young and you start out, people are less willing to give you a chance. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, what if this young kid really fucks up? Yeah. And then also, like I, you know, I have young kids in my house. Um, you'll all, you'll find a lot of times they'll say they want to do something, and then the second it gets a little bit hard, mm-hmm. like I don't want to do it anymore, yeah. and and 
a lot of people have probably said, I want to be a wrestler when I grow up. And then they find out, oh, I got to exercise a lot. I got to do 2,000 squats in a day or something. And then they're just like, that's not for me. But like, I think for you, like, it's as frustrating as those two years was, once you started getting regular matches, you're like, totally worth it. Yeah. Right? And then you look back and you're like, maybe I wasn't ready two years ago. Yeah. No, even now I still like definitely get frustrated. Like, uh, I think it was like in August, I just hit like a really, this past August, I just hit a really rough patch. Like, I felt like every match was going bad. I felt like I wasn't improving at all. And then I had like a really, really bad match in like late August. It was like the day before I had that death match at GCW. And I think a lot of it also was because I was so nervous about that match the next day. That was just like, but I just like, it was not in like a good place mentally. Like I like, it didn't, I like had like a complete like mental breakdown. Like after my match, I was like crying to Isaiah and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Like maybe this isn't for me. Like, I think I just want to quit. Like blah, blah, blah. It was like the, probably the worst night of my life. And then I had to like drive to New Jersey overnight, like that same day. And I was just like crying in the car. My boyfriend's like trying to get me to stop crying. But I was just like, I, I literally like felt like I was like, maybe this like, it's just, maybe it just isn't for me because like for like a few months, it just like was not like clicking in my head and then I had that death match the next day and that was like one of the craziest experiences in my life but it was also like such like a cool thing and I think after that I like got my head straight again and mm-hmm. then after that match it's just been like things have been so much better and like I think I like needed that to like pick me up again and like ever since then I've been fine so <laughs> well I think we were we were talking to Effie and like the very first time we talked to him he said something about being nervous all day about a match and he said, "Some I can't remember who he was talking to, but he said someone broke it down." M- MJF. Oh, it was yeah. MJF said, "Just think about it. Like if you break down how much time you're actually in the in the ring compared to the 24 hours, it's like 0.8 percent of your day." Yeah. <laughs> and it's, and he's like, "Why why worry about it? You know that whole time yeah. it's just going to mess you up. And then just get in there and enjoy it. And I think that just comes with experience, right? Yeah. Like you're like, oh man, I fucked up, and I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about that, but you know." That comes with learning. Yeah. I'm also just like a very, like, I have a lot of anxiety issues in general, just like as a person. So that mm-hmm. when being, having to like focus on a match just makes things crazy. Like even to this day, and I don't think it'll ever go away. I just always get so nervous before a match. I'm like, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this. And then when I'm out there, it's fine. But it's like, I just have so much anxiety about it. And then uh, Kylie Ray is someone who also is was kind of like that. And mm-hmm. she would always give me like such good advice. And like, I think the one thing that really helped me like, kind of calm down and no no matter how nervous i get she always told me she's like don't make it bigger than it is Mm -hmm. so i think whenever i get nervous now before a match that's just what i tell myself and definitely still get nervous but it definitely like has made it easier and like like i said since that death match in august like that's just kind of been my mindset and it's definitely helped a lot i think it speaks volume on like how good a wrestler you are because Mm -hmm. i've seen you perform many times live and that has never translated through Mm -hmm. like you being nervous like like i like i remember like we saw Trevor's first dark match that he had like at freelance. That was great. It, it was good. And I remember yeah. he was like, ah, he's like, you know, this, I was really scared of this moment, that moment. And it was just like, yeah, yeah. I, was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, I didn't see it either. And it was because of that, because like he was confident enough, like in himself. And like, that's one thing too, that I would say about you is that like, you're confident because again, if you're like, uh, the world is ending yeah. and then you go out there, like the way you carry yourself, like, mm-hmm. and that's the cool thing too. It's that you, and I mean, it makes sense because you've been training, you know, in your head, right? You, Brian Punk has been yeah. writing her <laughs> notebooks forever, uh, but like you have your character, mm-hmm. and like when you're out there, it's not like, oh yeah, there's you know, there's Brie. It's like, oh no, that that's Elena Black, mm-hmm. and it's just again, it's like your swagger, like you know who you are. You're going out there, you're going to be this character, like, and I think that's 
you already just by the virtue of that, like you're already steps ahead of so many other people because sometimes it takes a while for mm-hmm. someone to develop a character. Yeah. Like there's a lot of just we need a wrestler. We just we need someone to go in there and lose. And there's a lot of guys who is just like, yep, you know, like all right, your gear looks decent. Yeah. You know, they have an okay set of moves, but they're nothing about them yeah. sticks out. But like, I would never really say that about you because again, like you have a unique look. Like you go in there and like you know what you're doing, especially for someone who's been doing it for what two years. Mm-hmm. Like that's it'll be two years on the ninth. I don't know what day it is, but. Like, how many people with two years of experience do you know that, like, get to go on national television yeah. and, and wrestle? Like, yeah, it's crazy. Especially because also, like, one of my favorites growing up was AJ Lee, and she was kind of mm-hmm. always the one who was like, be different, like, blah, 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 blah. So I think, like, early on, like, she was my favorite, and it just kind of always stuck with me that I always never wanted to be the same as anybody else. So I'd always try to find something different, whether it was my gimmick. That, like, coming up with my gimmick, I was like, well, what's something, like, no one's doing? Like, I don't see anyone using tarot cards, so, like, I'm going to learn it, and I'm going to do that. And it was just like, I never want to be looked at similar to somebody else. Because there's always going to be comparisons with everything. Like, I get the page thing all the time, but mm-hmm. it's like, everyone will compare you with everything. So, But I try my best to be different and come up with things that are different. And I don't know. I mean, kind of like, it's even like with us, because uh, there's no shortage of wrestling podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. even feel weird, like, us saying, like, we're a wrestling podcast, because, like, we never really, like, <laughs> the most wrestling we talk is, like, if we went to a show yeah. yeah, or if we're like, Hey, the show is sponsored by freelance or, you know, we sit down and talk with like a wrestler, yeah. but not really, you know, we're not mm-hmm. breaking down Monday night raw. Like we're yeah. not like, isn't it crazy sting showed up? I mean, we'll probably talk about that. Cause that was a little crazy. Was cool. Um, Darby Allen's dad, you yeah. know, it was adorable, but <laughs> like, for was th- like, imagine that as like a young wrestler, like, I can't even imagine like how he felt just like like you're having their head like and you're staring face to face well like what is it for you like when you go like uh, and and keep harping on it like AEW but like that's crazy to me like even when Nick got to wrestle on AEW like that to me is the craziest thing like I I I love that you know but like same thing with you like you got to wrestle and there's other people that we know who have been on TV and stuff like what is it like for you when they're like hey you're gonna you're gonna go out there and you're gonna wrestle Brandy and then like what runs through your mind because i'm sure you know like jerry lynn's running around backstage dean maleko all these people and you just gotta like oh fuck yeah no it was crazy like i don't i don't even know how to like describe it but it was funny because like a few months ago probably the beginning of the year i was listening to a conor mcgregor interview because i'm a huge conor mcgregor fan i think he's a mastermind Mm -hmm. um and he's just another person like outside of wrestling that i like try to like his his shit talking and all that I like tried like I wish I could like talk like him but anyways besides the point I was listening to an interview with him and I heard him say something about this book called The Secret mm-hmm. um not sure if you guys are familiar but it's about like law of attraction and like manifestation and that kind of stuff which I know a lot of people are like oh like that's bullshit whatever blah blah, blah which to each their own but um I was reading it and like like I said earlier I have a very bad attention span so it's very hard for me to sit down and like focus on something non-wrestling related um, but I sat down and I read the book in like a day and it was literally like changed my life. Like, like he said, like it changed his life. It really did change mine. Like the way you like view things and it's basically just like anything you want in the world is yours. If you like put that onto the universe, so, like, like physically like attract that to you. And like, uh, the book, like it was saying, like, think as if what you want is already yours. So like, like write it down, think about it, like do all these different like techniques that you would, whatever, how the book explains it. It was like literally like think as if it's already yours. So I like, 
I'm gonna embarrass myself. It's like the cheesiest thing in the world. But I was like seeing all these people get on AEW Dark and like people I know and like peers and all that stuff. And I was like, I could do that. Like I could very easily like be on there and I could do well. So I was like, I'm gonna be on Dark in however long. So I like I made like a a fake like a uh, picture of me how they do like the blah 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 is all elite or whatever. Mm-hmm. I made like a fake one and I hung it above my bed so I could look at it every single night. And then it would be like the last thing I thought about before I went to bed because that was like one of the things in the book. And then I, like, wrote down in my notes, like, a f- how it was said to, like, act as if you already have it. So I, like, wrote a fake Instagram post, like, in my notes. I probably still have it. But it was, like, I wrote in it because I was pretending as if I was already on AEW. And I was, like, like f- I took a picture of the thing. And I think in the in the fake post, I was, like, five months ago, I, like, hung this above my bed. And then now I just wrestled for AEW. It was, like, something like that. And then I looked back, and it was five months that I was on AEW from... When I wrote that thing, so it was crazy. Like I just wanted it so bad, and then, yeah, it was crazy. I also have never been that nervous for a match before, (laughs) but everyone was so nice there. They were so helpful, and then like, afterwards, Dustin Rhodes was talking to me after my first time there after the first match, and I just like started bawling my eyes out. He's like, "Why are you crying?" And I'm like, "I'm just so happy to be here." Like, it was just like I like couldn't stop crying just because it was like such like a genuine like I wanted this so bad. So, see, I I love that because even with me and Dave, like Mm -hmm. that's. We talk about that a lot. Talked about because it, it it is a thing, you know. Like if uh, and granted, if you sit there every day and you're like, I want to be a billionaire, I want to have Jeff Bezos' money. Unless you're doing something about probably it, not like gonna probably not going to happen. But if there's something like reasonable, something yeah. with that's attainable, like again, I when we started this, like we made a list of like people who we'd have on, and you know, obviously it was just, you know like, people like you, like but people that we could realistically sit down and talk to. Um, and then, you know, you have like your CM Punk's, your Young Bucks, Kenny Omega's mm-hmm. on there. And like, I remember putting Joe Rogan and Kevin Smith. Cause like, I was like, I, I listen to their podcasts all the time. It'd be fucking awesome. And 13 weeks in, I we got, got, got Kevin Smith. I got to talk to Kevin Smith yeah. and it was just like the craziest thing. Like I was literally yesterday cause I was, I was looking for something in my phone and I came across like when he posted, like one, when he posted about the episode, which was so weird seeing him tweet like Alberto of the PWT cast and saying, or even like on his Instagram, like, yeah, I got to see Alberto again. It was so weird. Yeah. But it was one of those things where it was like, we put that out there. And I mean, as much as like putting in the work was like, well, we did this. We, we've been doing this for, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, two months, mm-hmm. like consistently. So not only are we like actually doing it, but it's like no, no podcast that's starting out would get someone big like that. Yeah three episodes in right like not unless you know them you know but again so it's always just like manifesting because like a lot of the way the universe and again like i'm not really religious so i'm not like god oh yeah god's gonna watch me no a lot of it is just kind of putting it out into the universe because if you're always just like woe is me nothing's ever gonna work out for me and you know everyone hates me that's how you live your life that's how you live your life because like how many people do we know where you're just like oh fuck here they come here hey and then it's like how how was your day and they're like oh it was terrible because i ordered my lunch and they forgot the pickles on my sandwich and and you're just like oh my god like that's such a terrible way to live Mm -hmm. but there are people like like we all know sarah shockey Mm mm-hmm She's like she's like the most the most joyful person. It's like so genuine. Like, yeah. There's some people who like try to be like that, but like with her, like I've never felt like she was faking it for one second. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I look when I see her at a show, I'm like, oh thank God she's here. Like if I'm nervous, like I'm just gonna go talk to her and she'll make my mood better. Exactly. Like that's why. Like I I mean earlier today, like we were like she's gonna be on for the Christmas show, and it was like I I was talking to her. She's like, oh thank you so much for asking me, and I was like, 
you, I was like, Thank you. if anyone exudes the Christmas spirit mm-hmm. of just like joy and happiness, yeah. like it is you. Like even with us, like with Effie, our friendship with Effie was just, again, Sarah, like, oh, you should talk to him. He's really fun. Mm-hmm. And then Nick too. Like Nick is also someone who as much as he's he, a good litmus test. Yeah. Yeah. Like, listen, sometimes he can be Charlie Brown, you know, <laughs> and be like, ah, but a lot of the times he's like, oh, this person is really cool. You should go talk to them. Mm-hmm. And has never steered us wrong. And now, you know, we're like, we're really good friends with the guy. And he's also someone like that where, like, if he has some shit to talk, he'll talk it. But he always looks, he always finds the bright spots yeah. and right. things. And he uses, like, his influence to, like, oh, I want to, I want to show everyone how cool my friends are and how cool these people yeah. are. And that's typically the people you should surround yourself with mm-hmm. because, again, like, it's, we all have a, a negative Nancy for a friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's fine because not everyone can be happy all the time. Mm-hmm. But if you surround yourself with those people who are like, oh my God, you could totally, you know, main event WrestleMania one yeah. day and they put that in your head and there's people who are like supporting you and like, yeah, you can't do this. Then when the opportunities arise, you're not going to, you know, be like, I no, I, I can't do that. You'll yeah. be like, well, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Well, I personally think like, I don't, so I know about the secret. I haven't actually read the whole thing, mm-hmm. but like, um, do I necessarily believe the actual universe gifts you things? Mm-hmm. I probably don't personally believe that, but mm-hmm. I, I think the secret sauce of the secret is that like, it really does get you in that positive mind state where one, you set a goal and then you state it. And there's like a big power in like, you know, Cody famously made his list when he left WWE. Mm-hmm. And part of that is like, in, unless you do that, one, other people that know, they don't know that's your goal. So they don't even think about it. Um, but then, you sometimes lose sight of your goals, mm-hmm. and like, I lo- I love the idea of you putting that over your bed and looking at it because you're you're looking at a potential future, yeah. And then every decision you make when you wake up and then when you go to sleep is surrounded around that's my goal. Yeah. I'm going there, and once you start doing like positive actions like that, then the excuses start to fall off. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, me, I don't want to work out today. Oh, but. I'm supposed to be in AEW in five months, so I guess I should work out, you know? And I think that's, like, the real magic power of The Secret. Because there's a lot of people that are very successful that have said this book has helped, like, realign my brain Mm -hmm. to getting my goals, so... Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's like some magic power and, like, if you read this book, but, like, right. like how you're saying, like, if, if that's your mindset, like, if that's all you're thinking about, if it's all, like, on your mind all day mm-hmm. long, obviously you're going to make choices, even the smallest choices, maybe even subconscious mm-hmm. choices that are, like, is leading you to that. Well, it helps hold you accountable as well. because it's the accountability. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, if, like... <laughs> I famously on episode one of this podcast was like the Jericho Cruise is coming up. I'm gonna I'm gonna work out. I'm gonna get a six pack, and then never talked about it again because I was just like, oh my god, why did I say that? Yeah. And like there were like some people that were just like, oh, like. I but think, if you photoshopped yourself with a six pack and put it above your bed, you might have been like, eh, maybe. I, honestly, maybe I could. I was, the way I am, I would have <laughs> lo- I would have lost a little bit of weight and been like, ah, hey, you know what? I look good enough. This is yeah. good. This <laughs> is fine. But no, there is like some something like that with like holding yourself yeah. accountable because, like, I mean, none of us wanted to hear like because I and it's something that I did for years where I was just like I I want to make a movie and then people would be like yeah you, you still want to make a movie and stuff and I'm always like I will one day yeah. and again it's not something I've lost like sight of it's just life life happens mm-hmm. and like admittedly like every now and then like whenever we're slow especially during the pandemic I was like yep I'm gonna. I'm going to finally sit down and write my movie. Yeah. And then we got way busier than we anticipated. 
Um, but I mean, this is me, you know, putting it out in the universe. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna write a movie. Yeah, write that movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, put Brian Punk in it. Oh yeah, as a journal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so you kind of mentioned like when you got into wrestling, it was just. It's funny that you're like, yeah, despite my brother, yeah. uh, <laughs> because that's such like a little kid thing to yeah, do right? too, where it's just like, oh, I'm gonna heavily invest in this yeah. for the rest of my life, just out of spite. Him. Uh, that'll show him in Rey Mysterio. Yeah, that'll show him in Rey Mysterio, <laughs> idiot. And then like I was, I, well, I was so like protective over wrestling to like a like obsessive like crazy point. And, like I told, I literally would tell my brother like because I wanted it to be my thing and it was my thing only. And I would literally tell him that he was banned from like watching it. Or, like, I mean, so I'm like, you're banned. You can't like because he would like didn't like it and then for the longest time and then at one point he like wanted to come to a show and i was like no like i love this you didn't like it for the longest time you're banned like yeah. i was so like crazy obsessive about it just because it was like the one thing i like <laughs> loved and wanted to be like mine so see i was, see, like, I was the psychopath. Com- i was the complete opposite where like me and my sister got into it around the same time and then found out that her best friend was like super into it like to the point where we went to her house and because her and her whole family she was just pulling out stacks of like magazines and they're like yeah do you want to play the video game and i'm like there's a fucking there's a video game for this and she kind of she shortly like she fell out of it but i remember forever and i like i'd I'd be at home like watching and i would always it was smackdown because we didn't have cable so i'd always be on like a thursday night and then they moved it to friday nights i'd be like hey you wanna you wanna uh watch smackdown with me she'd be like no i'm gonna go hang out with our friends and i'd be like okay i'll see you guys at nine o'clock then when this is over <laughs> not knowing that there was spoilers out so i could have just like found because yeah. there'd be some shows where i'd sit through it and i'd be like <sighs> yeah i like i should have been outside playing the yeah. sun is down now like i was it's crazy too late. about it like i would not miss it at all i remember like in middle school it was like my middle school best friend was like moving to colorado and it was like she invited me and our other friends to like her last like dinner before she left and but it was like a monday and i was like i i refused to re- record it and then watch it later i'm like i'm sorry i can't like raw's on like and i literally didn't go and like she moved away and like i still feel i kind of feel bad about it but it's like i refused to not watch it i was like i'm not watching it tomorrow absolutely not yeah. i need to be home watching this right now see i'm i'm like that now with shows like the Mandalorian comes on at 2 a.m. Like we're recording this on a Thursday, which means I'm going to work until 1:30, mm-hmm. so that I don't struggle between like midnight and two to to stay up to watch it because yeah. I'm very much like it's out now. I have to watch it. Like with movies as well. Like the Marvel movies, huge fan of them. So if there was a midnight show, I would fuck. I would mm-hmm. be there. Like I, same thing with the Star Wars movies when they were coming out last two i was just like oh i shouldn't have stayed up so late yeah. but like I, I vividly remember one time it was when rogue one was coming out and i was like frank like we were here working during black friday i was like is it okay if i leave at one and he was just like yeah that's fine i was like okay i'm gonna go to the movies he's like what i was like i'm going to the movies he's like what are you going to the movies for it's so late i was like star wars star wars comes out and i gotta go watch it. he's like why, why don't you go in the morning before work and i'm like oh i can't do that because what if i accidentally go on twitter and read it's something and the whole movie spoiled for yeah. me that was like it was for me like but it wasn't even necessarily about like seeing spoilers i just like didn't want like again me being like crazy mm-hmm. like protective i was like i didn't want to miss anything like you wanted to someone, see it as it happened yeah, like i was like if there are people seeing this and i have to see it like two hours later like i'm pissed like i yeah. need to see it like you you don't want to like talk to your friends and they're like that's crazy right kurt angle's champion now yeah. you're like what yeah I would get like mad if I missed it. Because <laughs> I that that it did happen to me one week where I think someone dropped the title because they got injured. It might have been Edge or Undertaker, and then like 
Kurt Angle randomly showed up from Raw and he's like he's champion now. And I was like, what? What the fuck happened? <laughs> I was like, I, like we went to the park the one day and now I come home and like this guy's not even on the show. What the fuck is going on? So I, I can very much like relate to that. Well, and that's the magic of live TV too because you you feel like you're in the crowd. You know when you know it's mm-hmm. like everyone's seeing it at the same time. There's just something different about watching a taping. Yeah. So having been a fan as long as you have, do you remember your first piece of wrestling merchandise? Oh, God. I remember I, like, when my brother, because my brother had a bunch of action figures, but then when he fell out of it, I, like, took them and made them mine, so that was it. But then I think, like, God, I don't even remember. I think, like, for Christmas... I like put like a bunch of stuff in my Christmas list and it was like the Divas Championship like ring and like the little necklace. So I feel like it was probably that, but I'm not entirely sure. Or like a Mickey James action figure, maybe something like that. I don't know, but I just, I, I can like see the Christmas pictures in my head, but I'm not sure if that was like the first one, but it was something like that. And is there something you would consider like your favorite piece of wrestling mem- like memorabilia yeah. that's just like over the years you've gained I mean I imagine like as a wrestler too it's kind of like different now yeah. because you know maybe it's like oh I, I have like this gear from this match or something yeah. like that no I have because uh, my favorite match of all time which I feel like is probably a lot of Chicago people's is Sam Punk John Cena Money in the Bank mm-hmm. and I was actually there in person I had like horrible nosebleed seats but i was there and like i don't really remember it that well i mean bits and pieces yeah but like the fact that i know i was there for my favorite match and i had like the ticket and i met cm punk at some comic con and i had him sign the ticket which was so cool like because i was there and i had the ticket and i had him sign it so i had that still like hanging on my wall Mm -hmm. um so probably that and then i also i met aj lee at, at a book signing and like it was after i had already started wrestling and i got to show her the video of me like doing the black widow which was the coolest thing in the world and she was like so excited to see it and it like made me cry and then she like wrote in the book she's like uh my little superstar i'm so proud of you so that's, that's like oh, that's probably awesome. the coolest thing that i have because she was like my f- saving grace when i was like a kid so it was pretty cool that's so awesome it was like even with the punk thing that you're relating to same thing with like i like i funny enough you tweeted about like watching that money in the bank match yeah. the other day and like i watched it later on that day too because yeah. i was like you know i was like that is a good match i haven't yeah. watched it in years uh-huh. yeah i was like let me rewatch it and it, it is a certain thing about it where i like i also had like shitty nosebleed seats mm-hmm. but it was just being there and then like rewatching it you're like yeah that that was an experience like yeah. it was just crazy his and that, entrance alone was mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i like still will get goosebumps Guess, listening yeah. to it. it's like it's, insane it's like, weird to me too that he doesn't he's not coming out to cult of personality yet you know because yeah. yeah. i'm just like oh i'm like yeah i was like nope that's before yeah. he made all his demands <laughs> yeah. yeah so seeing that and like i remember i wanted the shirt so badly and it sold out right away like that's the only reason i got the tattoo because mm-hmm. literally that was what on a sunday Mm-hmm. That mon no that Tuesday because I didn't want to miss Raw that mm-hmm. Tuesday I went and got a tat I went and got this tattooed on me because yeah. I was like you know what probably not gonna get the- like that original shirt I knew they were going to eventually reprint the shirt like I'm oh, I'm not an idiot it's such a cool design though exactly too. it's like it's a cool design a lot of the time people don't like they don't know what it is. they'll be like oh you're Chicago flag tattoo and I'm like yeah. Well, and conversely, there's people that say oh is it is that the CM Punk flag and they don't know it's the Chicago yeah, flag right. <laughs> but yeah I I think. You know, we we talk a lot about CM Punk, um, but like the beauty of CM Punk is, I think he was one of the first really big people that basically said, "I don't like what's going on. Fuck this shit." Mm-hmm. Um, and he and he, there's people in his position that are probably close to as miserable as he was at that time, and they're just like, "The money's good, I'm secure." Mm-hmm. 
But he was one of the first guys that really said, what's going on is not right to me. I'm going to make a big stand and leave. And I think that sort of was like the first domino in like the modern times where it leads up to something like an AEW being created, right? Because people were like, hey, I'm going to forge out on my own. I, I don't have to go do whatever this guy's doing. And so like, to me, it's cool that you had CM Punk as like a role model starting out and then you show up on what was possibly one of the final dominoes from him knocking it over at AEW. And it's just like this whole big thing is like mixed up in like really good wrestling lore, you know? And then I got to do his corner knee yeah. all the time and I was on AEW and I'm like, this is so cool. See, I mean, it's the little things like that. Like I, like even with me with Punk, like he's someone to me who like by standard, by like wrestling standards, like shouldn't have been a wrestler shouldn't have been as big as he was he so many things going against yeah he's so many he had like no real formal training until like he was well into his career yeah. doesn't didn't have like the prototypical look mm-hmm. and again just the way he carried himself just everything about him like a lot of people didn't understand him exactly should not have worked but he persevered like he kept fucking working yeah. and like I, th- I think it's in the documentary um, where he talks about, he's just like, I want, I needed to outwork everyone. I needed it to be, you know, like I wasn't going to be the biggest guy, but I needed to be the best at this, the best at that. And like, oftentimes it's like, yeah, like find, find your strengths and do that. Mm-hmm. Cause like, like even with this, like, again, we mentioned like, there's so many other podcasts. We're not going to sit here and bother talking about, you know, the yeah. breakdown of Monday night raw How or stars the match was. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's not what we're good at. But like, I like, we're good at sitting down with someone and just having a conversation about shit. yeah about mushrooms on, yeah. and, and how, how delicious they are and how disgusting they are. And I think yeah, I just also always related to him because I remember like watching that documentary and they were talking about like how like he could barely like do a leapfrog and like I mean I did like sp- I did soccer like in MMA so I that's not that I wasn't athletic but it was like I I can't I can't barely do a leapfrog like I can barely <laughs> jump like I I can't do like all this crazy shit that you see like so many people doing so like to see someone who was kind of like that as well like succeeding so much and like being as big as he was and like okay i don't have to i don't have to be an insane athlete i would like to be but like i know there's things that i can't do and probably will never be able to do so to see someone else not be able to do them well, as well he, he's another one that spoke a lot of things in the world too like he he would say i'm the best in the world and then people were like oh yeah you are the best in the world mm-hmm. or uh he was really into comics and he started writing comics mm-hmm. for marvel and it's like little things you wouldn't even think of that like he set a goal and he got it. Yeah, and it was also cool that we have like the same trainer, uh, Kevin Quinn. Mm-hmm. I remember like watching that documentary and like not knowing who that was. And then when I started training, and he was one of my trainers, I was just like, "This is so cool!" And mm-hmm. I would always ask him all the time, like, "Well, what was CM Punk's favorite drill?" And blah blah blah. It was just so annoying. But <laughs> see, but I mean, even with like wrestling though, again, like the fact that like you've stuck with it as long as you have, because like I remember when we got the wrestling ring and we were just like, "Nick Castro, can you guys all train us all?" Mm-hmm. And I couldn't take a bump, mm-hmm. like. I, literally i remember so like i was in the battle royale and um because of the costume i was in i like originally originally for me i was like no fucking can't like i gotta pay my dues because for, at first i was like you can't let me win this thing they're like no it's okay you're winning and i'm like Ugh. i was like well then you have to let me you know take some bumps do something yeah. like i feel obligated to do so but because of the costume i was in i i couldn't but we're like maybe we can still figure something out so i was like well train me how to bump and it did not work out. I could not, I just could not get the basic mechanics so of hard. it. That mm-hmm. was like the hardest, it's like the one thing you need to know. And that was the hardest thing for me. I remember like at one point I was like, I don't think I'll ever be able to bump. So how am I supposed to be able to wrestle? It's just so scary. Like you don't 
live your life being like, yeah, I'm going to throw myself at the ground yeah. and like hope everything's okay. It's literally the scariest thing. It took me so long. But Like I remember trying for like 45 minutes straight just try and like again nick being the sweetheart that he is just kept like no it's okay it's okay yeah. it's okay and i remember just like nope i'm done i'm not all right i won't take a bump i'll literally just i'll headbutt castro and then he gets tossed yeah. out of the ring and that's it you don't think it'll be as hard as it is it's horrible yeah well, if i had to take a bump it would be like me sitting down in slow motion like hold on <laughs> well you see right. we'll see even like even being in the ring like again be like coming down to the ring like it's always like it to me it was frightening like it was literally frightening and it was maybe about like four or five hundred people there at yeah. that show it, to me i might as well have been like on stage at all in again yeah. like throwing the shirts in the crowd because that's just how many how it felt like and you don't realize how like yeah everyone is just staring at you everyone's yeah. just like and you either got to elicit like even I, things like getting in the in the ring between the ropes or oh my god like, i remember yeah. i remember we did the at one point, Castro came out as Santa Claus, and like me, cousin Jeremy, and Davy Bang, we were like his elves. And uh, like with uh, eye candy, I was like, "Oh, I was like, hey, I was like, do a bit where you take my ears and throw them into the crowd." I was like, "Get some heat," and he's like, "Oh yeah." Like I remember, I had two pairs of glasses. I was like, if you want, you can break these glasses, but we're just like, nah, it's good. We won't do that. But I remember getting in the ring and him doing that, and like someone's like, "Move, I can't see," and I was just like. Like, I have to stand here because this is my spot, yeah. you know? So, like, the fact that you just willingly go in there and do that, again, like, that also takes a lot because it is a lot of just people, like, saying mean shit, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. and I imagine you, like, as, like, a woman, mm -hmm. it's probably that a lot more. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've been kind of lucky, at least at up until this point, I haven't really gotten, like, people be too, like, mean, mm -hmm. like, which is good, but I also, I, I think... That is not that bad, but the amount of like creepy people is like b ten times probably oh, worse. Yeah, like, I can imagine. And like now, it sounds like bad to say, but I'm kind of like used to it now. But still, like I didn't, I had no idea how bad it was gonna be. Like people are ruthless. Like Whoop. the amount of messages I get is like, <laughs> maybe one day I'll write a book and like include them in there. Like I think Jordan Grace wrote like a, yeah, she's done a like couple. That. I think yeah, yeah. but it's a genius idea because. These people are nuts. Well, I know, like, recently there's been a string of, like, hey, here's another fake Elena account. Yeah, Can you please block lately. it? And then, like, uh, the one of the ones, like, a few weeks ago, was, like, someone made, like, a fake OnlyFans of me, which, like, more power to everyone who has OnlyFans. Completely right. not judging at all, but that's not what I want to do or, like, anyone to think that I have an OnlyFans. And it was, like, my face on everything. And then there were, like, all these, like videos and i was like this is not me like this it was like stressing me out i'm like please delete this and i'm like messaging twitter i'm like please verify me already because i can't deal with this anymore they're like no i'm like all right <laughs> <laughs> see well i mean the good thing is though like you have a good head on your shoulders mm -hmm. because yeah. like so sometimes things like that might drive people away to like all right no this is too much because again it is like sometimes it is too much for people and they walk away and that's fine like mm -hmm. Not everyone, not, like not everyone, is going to endure the trials and tribulations of professional wrestling and and persevere. That's just not, and it's like that in every way. Yeah. You know, like any job you've had, there's sometimes there's people who are just like, "Yep, all right, yeah. I'm done." Mm -hmm. Like even with us, like you know, we had some guy who's just one day was like, "I don't want to work here anymore," and it's like, totally, yeah. totally shouldn't then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like you probably shouldn't. Same thing with wrestling, especially like at least with us it's like oh okay now we need someone more to fold t-shirts like with you guys it's like well if you're not confident about lifting me up over your head and yeah like protecting me while you slam me to the floor like probably shouldn't be doing that but, then yeah. yeah 
I just want to say too, like I think the beautiful thing about specifically women's wrestling now, I think we're starting to really see a lot of women coming into their own where, you know, the old joke used to be, oh, it's the women's match. It's time to go to the bathroom or get a snack or something. Um, I was bringing my daughter maybe like once a month to the freelance shows and her only exposure to women's wrestling was like WWE TV where they get like one or two minutes. Mm -hmm. And specifically it was like Kylie Ray. She was like, wow, that's, that's awesome. And just like seeing, seeing the women get to do their craft and it's not overly sexual Mm -hmm. and, you know, having a young daughter that can see, Oh wow, these girls are badass and it it can be sexy too, but Mm -hmm. it's not like, that's not all they're valued for. They're badasses. Um, I think it's great, and I think it's it's great seeing a lot of the younger wrestlers now starting to come up and have that confidence and kind of take that flag. And you know, maybe my daughter will want to be a wrestler one day because of people like you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, because I obviously grew up AEW wasn't a thing, and I grew up watching WWE, and that's obviously always where I wanted to be. So watch, I always would mm-hmm. obviously watch the women there, and but I would always just be like confused because you would see that, and then you would see the men, and I like even as a kid I would be confused like why is it like. Like, it's very clearly different. Like, Yeah, why, why are the men not minute? in a gravy match? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> why is this, like, one minute long and then this is, like, ten minutes long? So, mm-hmm. but, like, I always, like, I always knew I wanted to be a female wrestler, but I always knew that that's, I would hope that that wasn't what it was going to be like because I wanted to, yeah. like, I would look at people like CM Punk and Edge and, like, everyone like that and be like, I want to have matches like them. And, like, I always just wanted to be a wrestler. So, like, I feel like, not that I didn't watch the women because i obviously didn't i had so many favorites but then i would look at the men and be like this is like the kind of wrestling i want to do so thankfully it's obviously gone in a better direction mm-hmm. during my time which i'm so thankful for but yeah definitely as even just as a kid i would be like i don't understand like yeah. i remember like watching i would watch stuff on like my uh family computer downstairs and i remember seeing like the kelly kelly expose and stuff which yeah like i was like and again, well, I mean, I want to be a wrestler, but I don't want to do that. Not a knock, <laughs> not a knock against women that that want to be exhibitionists, to each their own. But like, then go do that. Don't don't be a wrestler, you know. And and is that completely her fault? Maybe not. But like, yeah, like I, I like that women are kind of taking their destiny into their own hands. And even even stuff like you know, you're like, oh, people are sending me creepy stuff. A lot of times, women would be afraid to say that, mm-hmm. you know, because they're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to, you know, but. Hey, if you're being a creep, you're being a creep, and yeah. you're going to get called on it now. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, specifically with women's wrestling, like, I remember when NXT started, like, blowing up, and I was just like, holy shit. Like, I specifically remember there was, like, a, a takeover match with, like, Sasha and Becky Lynch, mm-hmm. where, like, the whole, they're just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. And, it, like, people don't really talk about it a lot, because I think there's so many now, mm-hmm. but, like, I remember watching that, and I was just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like The times are changing. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was like, whoa. Like nothing that any of the guys can do tonight is gonna like top the intensity of that, mm-hmm. and just and that's awesome. It is because it's also that like I I mean as a kid it's just women's wrestling was that yeah. it was just Kelly Kelly's expose and it's like okay cool yeah. boobs I get like you know because yeah. I'm like a twelve year old kid yeah. but like now that I'm older I can very much appreciate where they're just like do you want to watch this fucking match from the nineties where these two Japanese women just beat the shit out of each other? And I'm like, yes, please. And and the nerdy thing too, is like, you'll see a bunch of like neck beards on the internet saying, Oh, they, they botched a lot in the match. It's like, well, you know, these ladies, the men had like a 40 year head start main eventing stuff like this. They're, they're figuring it out. And you know, Women's wrestling's pretty good. And right I now, loved so. Kelly Kelly and like all those people like Maurice and Michelle McCool yeah. and Mickey James and all them, but I'm like, just let them wrestle. Yeah. Like I want to see them wrestle for longer than two minutes. Like I love them. Well, I think it's cool now too that like some of them are like, Yeah, I'll come back for another match yeah. or like yeah. I'll 
come back for another run. Yeah. Um, because yeah, like it's we're in a, we're different we're in a different place now, where especially someone like a Michelle McCool or like a Maurice come back and show like you clearly you had the basic mechanics yeah. then and like you're in a you're in an environment now where you can you can learn so much more that why don't you like, yeah, like yeah. i remember when like the bella split and they were just like well, what were they gonna do it's like i don't know Bree's married to the best wrestler on the roster yeah. and she trained it out. i'm sure like they'll figure something out you know because it's 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 sink or swim and like they're fine well and, and to bring it full circle too you know a lot of people credit stephanie mcmahon for like the women's revolution but it was really aj lee she was the first person that said why why aren't women getting the same merchandise why aren't they getting the same tv time hashtag give divas a chance and then other people co-opted on that and kind of forgot that but it was really aj lee she said hey what what's the problem with women getting an equal shake and so you know, that's your inspiration. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, she was kind of, like, in the middle of that, like, mm-hmm. not how it was before, but, like, obviously now it's progressed a lot, so she was kind of, like, the middle mark, so I'm like, oh, I wish I could see her, like, there now. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, obviously she's happy in what she's doing now, yeah. so that's all that matters, but it would be cool. Uh, before we wrap this up, before we get out of here, there's, uh, there's not, besides wrestling, our love for CM Punk, uh, might like, other things, like, a lot, of, a lot of things you're saying, I was like, oh, wow, I... <laughs> I also have that in common. Yeah. Uh, is our love for the movie Five Hundred Days of Summer? <laughs> yes. Uh, I I don't talk about it often because I just don't. But like my tattoo on the inside of my arm here is a it's a five hundred. You see, yours is much more subtle and cool. <laughs> I was sixteen and was, hey, I would get that now. <laughs> I mean, I I should have at least got like so on the inside of my arm. I have a quote from Five Hundred Days of Summer, and what I should have done was let the tattoo artist draw it instead. Uh, I went to my best friend Ivan, Elisa's yeah. husband, and I was like, "Hey, can you write this? Because we he used to do graffiti, so he had cool handwriting. So I have that there instead, and it's fine. I just whatever. Yeah. No one ever sees it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but Five Hundred Days Summer, like that's a movie now that I find where I'm kind of like in the theme of like when I was a kid, I watched it and like I had a whole different idea of it. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm a little older and I watch it it's like a different way of viewing it where I'm just like, Oh, okay. I guess it's because where I was at in life at that point, it was just like, man, Summer's such a bitch. Like, why didn't she just love Tom? And like, I watch it now and I'm like, Oh, I get it. I'm like, I have been summer plenty of times, but I've also been like Tom. So like, what, like, do you still, do you still feel the same way about the movie now? Like, cause when, when did you first watch it? I don't remember. It was, it was definitely a few years after it came out, but it's, probably it's been like a, f- a few years mm-hmm. but i definitely in the beginning i was like wow she's kind of rude but then like as i get older and like i watch it all the time it's like a f- amazing movie but um i also i also don't watch a lot of movies again because i can't pay attention very well uh-huh. and if it's not wrestling i don't want to watch it but um i watched that so many times and i feel like every time i watch it i feel differently about it always in a good way but i always feel differently about it and like I like it because she's it's very clearly like she's like very independent and knows what she wants and wants to do it her way and that's kind of how I always feel. Um and it's such a it's such like a such a, like a different movie because it's not like your typical like romance movie which I hate those like <laughs> and but it's not and it's funny and but it's not like 
a complete comedy movie, which I also like will sometimes get bored of that. It's like a perfect mix of both. And I also like how I like the aesthetic of it. Mm-hmm. Very like the time period and everything, like the music and everything. It's like the perfect movie. So in my opinion. Well, like the, the director, he he did a lot of like my chemical romance, like music videos. Like mm-hmm. he was their guy. He's like on call. Yeah. And then he wound up doing like the Spider-Man movies, but the ones I don't like. Yeah. Uh, but no, I definitely get what you mean. Like it's one of those because I'm also like I will like with romantic movies i'd much rather watch a movie like that like mm-hmm. like that eternal sunshine like crazy like these movies a lot of melancholy in yeah you blue valentine oh yeah. have you watched blue valentine no but didn't you give me the i think i did I yeah meant to, i like put in my thing and then my like t- i lost my tv remote and then that was a whole big thing for a long time so i couldn't watch my tv but i just ordered a new remote so i'm gonna have to watch it. well it's it's very much like the movie shows like it's it's kind of similar with 500 days where you see like the beginning of the relationship and the end of it but it's way more intense there's there's not as much laughing as there is is in that but like i like those movies just because it shows like raw human emotion like Mm -hmm. actual human emotions because i think with movies in general kind of just tv in general with the way it is it's like it makes you think and especially getting into relationships like if you watch these like shows where you know like the boyfriend messes up and then there's some grand gesture of love and it's like, Oh, everything's okay. It's like that. That's really not how life works. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe, you know, maybe if your boyfriend does something to piss you off and he's like, here, I, you know, I, I got you, I got you some fries and you're like, nah, it's okay. (laughs) But like, if you do something bad in your relationship, like don't expect to just show up with flowers and be like, honey, it's all okay. And they're like, Oh, David, like that's just that's not real yeah, life. Yeah. So I very much enjoy those movies yeah. where it shows you that actual like no consequence. The, like yeah. The, the, yeah. these people should not have been together. And Summer was like, "Listen, we can fuck around, we can be cool, we can be friends, but I don't want a boyfriend." Mm-hmm. And it's nothing is more evident than my favorite scene and probably like most the like, top five scenes in any movie is the expectations versus reality scene. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen? Mm-hmm. That? I haven't seen the movie, but I saw an essay on that, that part. Like, yeah, because yeah. because. Like how many times, and it's in any situation, not just romantic, but any situations where you're like, all right, this is what's going to happen. And then it never goes that way. Yeah. But like, especially at that, in that movie, because it's like, this guy's still in his head, like yeah. does not get it. And like, at least I feel like there's been relationships like that too, where it's like, this time will be, the I'll have some sort of magic combination of yeah. words yeah. this specific time and everything will be cool. Yeah. And you watch it and it's like, it's heartbreaking where you're yeah. like, like you big dummy it kind of reminds me of this one quote i always think it's like are do you like them or do you like the idea of them which Mm -hmm. i feel like it not only goes for your relationships but just everything in life it's like sometimes you have to think about like are you really are you just like creating this thing in your head Mm -hmm. and like hoping it works out or is this like actual reality which i think like i said for everything in life like you have to kind of take out the fantasy and like be like what is well what's really going on here like which i think is hard for people sometimes myself included there's like a similar quote too it's like yeah do you do you love the person or do you love love Mm -hmm. like some people just want to feel love and so they'll stick with someone way past the expiration date Mm -hmm. yeah i mean listen like i my last relationship was a little bit of that you know like it was i should have left there's there was no shortage of red flags being waved in my face and i was like no it's okay Mm -hmm. because we love you like the feeling of love you know and like since then and it took a while like i've grown and i'm just like oh okay like Mm -hmm. this is what i like this is what i want now in a relationship and so i think like when i do start dating again it's like it's gonna be a lot easier because it's not gonna like just oh it's okay there's this obvious red flag but they're really nice and 
you know, they like all the same food places I like, so it makes it easy. Well, the the other thing about, I will wrap up movie talk, I guess, but like, um, the other thing I like about like those movies with a little bit of melancholy in it is like in those movies where the guy messes up and then the lady walks in and the, the house is full of roses and they're like, oh, it's okay. It's like, that takes the agency away from the women. And so like the typical thought is, oh yeah, Summer was being a bitch, but mm-hmm. like she's a woman with fully formed thoughts and maybe she just doesn't want to be with the guy. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's no fault of her own. So, well, there's um, like, there's a specific quote where like at the end she's like, yeah, like I'm getting married. And he's like, but, but like you said, you didn't, you don't want to be anyone's wife. She's like, I, I didn't. didn't. Yeah. Then yeah. I met him. Yeah. Cause and that end line is kind of rough. And she's like, I just woke up one day and I knew, and he's like, knew what? He's like, what I was never sure of with you. Yeah. Exactly. And, and and listen, that's the thing. Like you're allowed o- that. Often, like a lot of times, like we all think, like, oh, we're the main character of this story, mm-hmm. but like your character progression for some people, like sometimes, and as shitty as it sounds, you know, like you'll have friends, you'll have uh, coworkers or, or relationships, and these people are in there specifically in your life to just show you, like. I really trusted this person and I, I told them all my secrets and the minute I pissed them off, they told everyone at work and now everyone knows that like, you know, I, I, I don't know this embarrassing secret mm-hmm. about me. Well, like you either learn like, okay, maybe I should learn to trust people better mm-hmm. or you make the same mistake and you right. keep, you keep doing it, but it's fine because like, like that's a thing too. Like there's no, like there's clear, like clear age gaps between all of us. And I'm sure that like, the minute you turned 18, you were like, I, f- I know everything. I got it figured out. <laughs> I got it all figured out. Just the same way when I turned 21, I looked down at someone like 18 that was like, they have no idea. Young blood. <laughs> and I'm sure when you turned 30, you looked down mm-hmm. at someone who was 21 and was like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's cyclical. It's always going to yeah. be that way. But um, no, I guess yeah. 500 Days of Summer, like that's definitely a movie. Like whenever I see you post about it, I'm like, hell yeah. yeah. Because again, it, it is a movie where it's like, I feel most people should do that. Like, go back. Like, any of you guys listening, like, if there's a specific movie that you're like, it, for whatever reason, even if it's, I don't know, like, I really, Die Hard really spoke to me when I was a kid. Like, go back and rewatch it because maybe you'll get you something. You got a new perspective. Mm-hmm. You get a new perspective. Yep. That's the thing. We're always growing, so don't ever just stick in one place. And yep. watch 500 Days of Summer because yeah. Zoe Deschanel and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt are adorable. It's a screen. good time. And yeah. we got tattoos for it, so. Yeah. Yeah, you got to watch it and get one too. I'm gonna get one. Yeah, I'm gotta, just gonna get one sight. I mean, look, I mean, he has a tattoo of himself as a mermaid. Yeah. So that's amazing. I'm very indiscriminate with my tattoos. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll we'll wrap it up there. Um, I we're probably gonna have to bring you on for a part two, like we do. Yeah, everyone's yeah, like, it's pretty fun. Two. Yeah, it's a movie. T- listen, even though we had a yeah. hiccup at the beginning. Oh God, I at the ten minute mark at the ten minute mark of this because that was when. I assume the last one that we recorded, I mean, it was about 10 yeah. minutes, right? It's when it stopped recording. And I contemplated at the 10 minute mark being like, oh, fuck you guys. It didn't record again. Yeah. Like as a joke. <laughs> but we were all having like this really deep, meaningful conversation. Yeah. And I was just like, well, even the first one, I felt like it was starting to get going. And you're like, shit. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean, hey, luckily, you know, you, I don't, I think we pretty much covered everything from, yeah. from the first one, oh, yeah. which was fine. But I mean, listen, you haven't seen 500 Days of Summer. We're going to start reviewing some movies. We might, we'll probably just, I'm going to start watching it. Have to bring you on to, to yeah. review that. Uh, but for the people at home, uh, where can they find you online? Uh, my Instagram and Twitter is at Elena Black. Um, 
My Facebook page is also just Elena Black. I have a YouTube channel, just look up Elena Black. I'm gonna start posting videos on it soon because I spent a lot of money on a camera and then never used it, so I should probably put that to use. I'm gonna start doing some vlogs. Uh, my pro wrestling team store is Elena Black, and I have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Elena Black. Awesome. We're, uh, like, personally speaking, very happy to see, like, how yeah. far you've come Thank because, you. again, from being, like, the CM Punk girl yes. in front of the line just, like, <laughs> and breaking yeah. down and crying to, like, now you're in there doing what he does mm -hmm. and, like, pursuing your dream. That's really fucking cool for us. Yeah. So, you know, who knows where you'll be the next time that you talk to us, but we're, we're really excited to see Thank how you. far you go. Thank you guys for having me. This was fun. I don't do a lot of these, so <laughs> it's fun. All right, well, now we're yeah. going to have to get, get you on a contract for so sure. that you don't do any yeah. except for this <laughs> one. <laughs> Thank you again to Elena Black for that. Um, yeah, like I, after that conversation, I wanted to rewatch 500 Days of Summer. And then I realized that I gave, I, I was under the impression I had two copies, but I accidentally gave her my one and only copy. Uh, but it's fine. I don't need, I don't need to be all uh, emo and in my feels, uh, you know, <laughs> especially with how busy we are at work. Cause uh, again, we are over here, you know, in the midst of our black Friday sale. Uh, it is, it has been a doozy, you know, uh, it was a record breaking one too. Yeah, definitely a, re a record breaking one this year. And that's always so cool, you know, when when you hear about, uh, like, every single year we keep breaking records, we keep getting we keep getting bigger, you know, and that's yeah. that's always really cool. Uh, really quick though, I, I did want to shout out. Uh, speaking of you know Black Friday sale, we had some some wonderful friends of the show who uh, purchased T-shirts throughout the sale. So of course I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Joshua Davis. You know our buddy Joshua always reposting us. The one yeah. and only Ryan Mears, of course. Ryan Mears, you know, a uh, very good friend of the show. He was a staple here at uh, Freelance Wrestling, so missing him. Uh, our Aussie friend of the show, Drew Boyd. Uh, Drew, you, you got a Christmas card coming your way, pal. So, you know, keep an eye out for that. Uh, Jesse Kohlenberg, of, of course. You know, for those of you guys who have been listening, you know how much we love Jesse Kohlenberg here at the PWT cast. Uh, he's, purchased, he's, you know, got uh, bragging rights. He's purchased every single T-shirt that uh has been you know that, that we've put out um and jesse will be a guest on the show i, I told him 2021 we're gonna have him on because uh very early on we said hey if anyone buys all of our t-shirts we'll have him on the podcast he did so and then the pandemic happened so yeah everyone well, and, and also we've had a bunch of you know friends of the show just want to get on the show and it's like come on you gotta do something to get on there and he's definitely earned it yeah and although you know we did get him to do a fan of the week uh right. when he came down for an episode of dynamite it might have been the one that matt nicks wrestled that uh matt nicks versus cody from thanksgiving yeah. yeah last thanksgiving yeah and then uh, of course last but not least our buddy uh phil o'connor who purchased probably one of my favorite designs the uh pwt cast the the kanji design it's uh <laughs> it's it's so beautiful i remember you you uh sending me that design and i was like oh man i think i'm gonna get that tattooed which i still might who knows i i do so much things on a whim that I will, but hey, if you want, if you yourself want a PWT cast, we do have a Pro Wrestling Tees store. It's uh, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash PWT cast. The wonderful stank over here has worked so hard on these t-shirts. 
I love them all. You know, it's I I think I think my favorite might be the Watchmen design, just based on how like my favorite too. <laughs> based on just how it consumed our life. Like if you guys uh, go back and listen to any of our older episodes, specifically around the time Watchmen came out, this for the most part became a Watchmen podcast, uh, and I love it. You know, um, the show, the movie, the graphic novel, it's also awesome. But again, if you want uh, to support us, because, you know, every little dollar does count. We don't make money off of this. This is more of a passion project for us. And any money that we do get from this, we put back right, you know, into the show, into equipment, you know, be it headphones, microphones, whatever the case may be. So Christmas cards. Christmas cards. Yeah, which, again, I mentioned there's we did have a few. Uh, I'm going to do the actual tally, and I, some of you guys have reached out to see if there's any left. Um, I'll I'll reach back out to you guys again. I, I got to count them out because uh, there's a lot more people that I expected that were like, "Hell yeah, send me a Christmas card." Uh, so yeah, you know, th- thank you again, everyone who's bought a T-shirt in the past, and everyone who will purchase a T-shirt. Um, Dave, biggest thing, one of the biggest things for me that bothered that I thought I was going to be upset about this weekend was the fact that this week's episode of The Mandalorian was only about 33 minutes. I was... Yeah, when, when I saw it, uh, by, uh, I think it says on there, and I was like, oh, this one's only like 30 minutes long. Or maybe it was like right when we started it. And I was like, oh, man, this is one of the short... Normally when you get a short one, that's not a good thing, but this one, whew. From beginning to end, and listen, if you haven't watched this episode of Mandalorian yet, which I say that all the time, and like... If you haven't watched it by Monday, I'm going to spoil it. I don't care. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're banking them up. Just go ahead and skip on past this part. Uh, but, yeah. dude, this episode was just from Boba Fett. Holy shit. What a badass Boba Fett was. First off, I'm so happy that when they put him back in the armor, like, it he all it wasn't, like, some sort of form-fitting armor where he was all of a yeah. sudden, like. He got a dad bod. No, yeah. he Dude has a dad <laughs> bod. Uh, which, like, hey, it, totally fine. Totally good. Um but it, it was it was great to see that like you know they didn't do that they kind of they kept it the way it should be and uh-huh. um he was such a badass dude he's just mowing he is just mowing down stormtroopers like nothing and then you know he shoots that ship out of the sky he's like oh i was aiming for the other one i, I was yeah. oh, i was the best like i i really enjoyed this episode and i saw so many people a lot of people like mad that baby yoda got taken away but i from day one of this season i've been like listen this is star wars and they're really big on episode you know episode twos of things uh reflecting um like having a bad ending you know yeah like and i'm very i'm under the assumption this season is going to end with moff gideon like running away with baby yoda you know I think they're going to tease us because there's two episodes left. I think next episode, you know, he gets the band together. They they show up and like the last episode will be, you know, them battling Moff Gideon and those weird robot death trooper things, which I wasn't. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Um, well, little fan theory that a lot of people are positing is that like there's three levels of those dark troopers. Uh-huh. Uh, what we saw was like the level two, like the really heavily armored one. And then there's a third level that's like uh, a Hulkbuster, like mech armor. And that Moff Gideon might have one of those. Okay. So (laughs) I'm excited. Listen, everything from like the way they handled Boba Fett, 
for some for some reason, I don't I don't and I don't mean to belittle people, but for some reason Boba Fett has captured the imagination of a, like a large swath of the Star Wars fan base, myself included. But like he's not really featured that much in anything. Like you see him a little bit, and then you know he falls in the Sarlacc pit like a dummy. But he's supposed to be the most feared badass in the you know bounty hunter in the universe, and they finally showed it like uh, just him with that. Tuscan Raider Club just smashing the shit out of these stormtroopers. Um, and then also laying to rest some, you know, everyone's like, oh, the, the Fets aren't real Mandalorians. And I guess they are. Yeah, they mentioned that uh, Jango Fett, his father, uh, he's a foundling. He's a foundling. So it's, yeah, like you mentioned, you mentioned the Boba Fett thing. Forever, that was kind of that was kind of the, the thing where they're like, yeah, people love him, but he never really did much. Like right. he never really did anything. It was more so the lore, the way he looks, because like his look. Yeah, I mean, hey, like I've, I've always thought like Boba Fett was a cool character again, just based on how he looked. You know, the Mandalorian armor is really like badass, like yeah, really cool. And so, yeah, it's, like you, you grow up kind of as a kid thinking, oh, Boba Fett's so cool, he's awesome. Then you go back and watch the material, and it's like, huh. They treat him like a dork. <laughs> yeah, they, they kind of yeah treat him like a dork, and I mean, and not listen, not to like an Abbott and Costello level like dork, but definitely yeah. just cool. He's there, you know, he's intimidating, and then falls in the start like pit. Yeah, but, well, and and that's a that's a callback, or I guess his father's death is a callback to you know the original Boba Fett Sarlacc pit scene where some you know their jetpack gets. Uh, I don't want to say injured, gets damaged, and that leads to their uh, seeming death. So, um, I don't know. I just bought a Mandalorian figure from Stupid Michael at M3 Toys because I wanted to you know, support a small business. And I said, How much was this it? Is gonna be... It doesn't matter. It, it won't help you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I got it, and like, if anyone has seen my Ninja Turtle collection, you'll know that maybe I can get a little obsessive once I go down a certain road. And I said, this will be the only Star Wars black figure I will get. <laughs> and then <laughs> they showed Boba Fett. Dad bought Boba Fett in his robes and his little Tuscan Raider Club. I was like, shit, that's going to be a figure and I have to get it now. So, No, I'm I'm with you. Michael uh, got me one of those uh, Mandalorian figures last year for Christmas uh, for yeah. Secret Santa. And I held restraint because again if you like if listen if you live in chicago you can you can come to m3 toys uh their storage facility where you know they run their business out of uh it's right next to the freelance wrestling academy and you can actually walk into you know again where they store all their stuff and it's now set up like an actual brick and mortar store it's literally like a kid in a candy store if you love toys yeah you just you turn around, you're like, there's all these bar- and there's Funko Pops you've never seen before, and you're like, oh, it's so great. And you see, my problem is like, I'll walk, like, I'll be walking by there to, you know, to use the restroom or to do something, <laughs> and I, I always see uh, the wonderful Monica Heredia or Moses Gibson, former guest on the show, and I, they just start talking to them, and I instantly just start looking around, and I want to immediately buy up everything, but I. I don't because I, I have to have some sort of self-restraint. Like I, I don't have yeah. any more room for for figures up here in the office. Like it's I'm now it, it's almost like small soldiers, you know? 
yeah. Which, which hey, if you guys, uh, I know we're kind of going off topic, but if any of you guys are friends or are friends are fans of Small Soldiers, uh, you know, movie came out in early '90s or late '90s. Uh, our former guest of the show, Juanca David, who does uh, everything you didn't know over at Sci-Fi Wire, he just did a video on it, kind of just detailing like uh, a little bit of history behind it and how. They had to change so much of it, and it's it's really awesome. Like it's it's from the same director who directed Gremlins, which oh, once you it like shows. It, it shows. Yeah. Like once he said it, I was like, huh, yeah, this does that make makes sense. it makes perfect sense. Like of course it was this fucking guy who who directed it. Um, but yeah, just to sort of sorry for a little tangent, but going back to Mando, yeah, I'm excited for for whatever they have next, and I know the Boba Fett show. The Boba Fett show and Obi Wan show are the next things to be filming, and uh, the what's his name um, from Rogue One? There was a character. The, the hold on, I'm looking it up now because he's also getting a show, and they're filming that right now as well. It was a Diego Luna's character, uh, Cassian Andor. Um, Cassian Andor, who along with um, what's her name, uh, Jin Erso. You know, they, they steal the plans for the Death Star and make sure that it gets into the hands of uh, Princess Leia. So this will actually be set, like, before the events of Star Wars, which will, will be interesting, I guess. But, yeah, man, there's there's no shortage of Star Wars stuff that's coming to us. Uh, I'm Also, a little tidbit about The Mandalorian. Dave Filoni just came out and said a lot of people assume that these uh, all these Star Wars projects are... are chronological and like linear like one's coming right after another he did say that uh he didn't commit hard but he said that the timeline of mandalorian could possibly overlap with the timeline of rebels so there could be a lot more crossover that we see and there's a lot of speculation you know like again this is gonna be a little spoilery but you know they put grogu on that little seeing stone and they said, oh, to anyone that uses the Force could see him. A lot of people are wondering, is is Luke going to show up? Because well, he could. Funny enough that you say that, because I was talking again, me and uh, Braden Harrington of uh, the Up Next podcast, a uh, friend yeah. of the show, he's been on before. He composed our theme song. Yeah. Uh, he and I were talking about this. And uh, there's, for years now, been rumblings of like, hey, Sebastian Stan, the, the Winter band, Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> He looks a lot like a young Mark Hamill. Like he could play a lo- a young Luke Skywalker, which again, yeah, based on the timeline of the Mandalorian, this is it's five six years after uh, Return of the Jedi. So realistically, you could have Sebastian Stan play Luke Skywalker, you know, so that you don't have to like de-age Mark Hamill. And right. I would a hundred percent before that. Like a hundred percent, yes. Give me that. Like, yeah. And I, I mean, we got to assume Ahsoka's going to return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you have Boba Fett, Mando, probably Cara Dune, uh, probably Ahsoka, and maybe Luke, yeah, or, or maybe whoever. Or, I don't know. or people have been theorizing Mace Windu isn't dead, and that he Mace may Windu? show back up. Like. It's Ugh. it's pretty much open, you know, for and you don't have to DH Sam Jackson. No, yeah, you don't have to like it, it's weird. Well, no, black don't crack. Yeah, <laughs> he, he looks the same. Yeah, as well as like it would just be fun to see him back in the Star Wars universe, like again post sequels, yeah. because 
I I like him in those movies, but it is kind of just weird that like <laughs> it's just Sam Jackson right in the yeah. middle of it. Um, but no, man, excited for that. And then uh, we'll just we'll, we'll kind of round up this movie talk uh, with uh, the rumors that we talked about last week, but it didn't record uh, of Alfred Molina who famously played Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2. He is rumored to be showing back up in Spider-Man 3. Davis movie is bloated. Because especially because I just saw something that got taken down. It was there's some sort of like Marvel like investors thing in I believe it was it was Brazil and there was a video uh, that they posted they've since deleted from their like official YouTube account that um it was like, oh, which is your favorite Spider-Man? Like, you don't have to pick because in the next one, you'll have all three. Something along those lines. Uh, and so if we're counting, if if it is to be believed, this next Spider-Man movie now has uh, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield. Uh, and, what's his, You have the three Spider-Man. You have Doctor Strange. You have Electro. You have Takak. You have allegedly Craven the Hunter. You have allegedly, allegedly William Smythe. Um, J. Jonah Jameson is in it, and just along with everybody else that's like been cast in it, it's just it's starting to get a, a little bloated. Well, I, I know there's that worry, but if if one we look to the inspiring example of what this movie is becoming, like Into the Spider Verse. It had so many people from so many different universes, and it worked out. It was actually one of the best animated movies I've seen in a long time. And if there's anything that we know about Marvel as a movie company, it's that they know how to cram a lot of superheroes into one movie. I mean, there was a time when there were rumors of the Avengers being set up, and it was unimaginable. It's like, one, how could you have so many stars in one movie the the acting budget alone would blow something like that out of the water but they did it and and they did it uh masterfully i mean they 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 weave this story over 21 22 titles um and then there couldn't have been more characters than there was in uh, endgame so i i know that was a payoff of a lot of movies but if, if anyone could handle that with a deft hand i think it i think marvel knows what they're doing and i I have a suspicion that like some of these other spider universe characters are not going to be in the movie as long as we think they are. They'll be, they'll be like cameos on steroid, I think. But um, no, I mean, I'm kind of excited to see how this Tom Holland Spider-Man relates to the other ones. Cause if there's one thing that my wife hates about superhero movies, she despises reboots. Mm-hmm. You know, like she didn't want to watch the Nolan versus Batman because she's like, we've seen so many Batmans. And same thing, like she was very resistant to watching Spider-Man Homecoming because she's like, she's like, why should I invest in this character when they're just going to reboot him? And I'm like, no, no, no. It's the Marvel Universe now. They don't have to reboot anything. So, yeah, who I- knows? It'll be a nice nod to the history of Spider-Man as a movie franchise. And if if anyone could do it, it would be Marvel studios. No, definitely. And it kind of like lending credence to what you said about like, Hey, maybe these characters don't show up for as long as we think they will. Um, I actually was just reading that Emma, uh, Emma stone, uh, had to drop out of whatever project she was in, uh, for unknown reasons. 
And yeah. as we know, Emma Stone was famously in The Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, so mm. this might be, again, so if Andrew Garfield shows up, or maybe, listen, maybe Peter travels to a different dimension, and he, you know, he shows up, and this is obviously pre-Gwen Stacy dying. Right. Because um, Gwen Stacy dies. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert, guys. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert, guys. Uh, Gwen Stacy dies. Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just excited for more Marvel. Like again, talk and talking with Brayden, yeah. there is so much Marvel that's coming. Like, and it's for, been so long since we've had good a good hit of that sweet stuff. <laughs> well, this is so. This is the first year in I think ten years that there's not been any new Marvel stuff. But right. um, again, with like. For those of you wondering, WandaVision, Black Widow, Eternals, and Falcon Winter Soldier, those are pretty much done. They just yeah. got to figure out. I mean, WandaVision, we know when it's coming. Everything else, it will be coming. Uh, and then you have Shang-Chi and Loki that just wrapped up filming. They're currently right now filming Spider-Man 3, Hawkeye, and Miss Marvel. They're going to start filming Doctor Strange 2, Moon Knight, Thor 4, She-Hulk, and Guardians 3. Uh they're finalizing scripts for Deadpool 3, Black Panther 2, Ant-Man 3, Blade, Captain Marvel 2, uh, the, the Nick Fury Disney Plus show, and then like a rumored Fantastic Four movie as well. And then last but not least, there's also rumblings of uh, Thunderbolts, Young Avengers, Ironheart, Ghost Rider, Nova, Agents of Sword, uh, Secret Warriors, and then a Sentry show as well. And they just confirmed Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. Exactly. So there, there's no shortage of what they're bringing. We're going to be watching Marvel for decades. <laughs> which, yes, you know, give me all the Marvel. But, hey, for, yeah. uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. For everyone who's stuck around, thank you so much. For everyone who's listened to, you know, all 71 episodes as of now, we appreciate you so much. If this is your first time listening, go back and check out some other episodes we've had, you know. Um, we've had the likes of Killer Cross, Kylie Ray, Ethan Page, uh, Matt Cardona, and Brian Myers, uh, Kevin Smith, Vicky Guerrero. We have very fun episode uh, on the Jericho Cruiser. Uh, you know the the gang, the Pro Wrestling Tees gang, goes on a boat basically, and we kind of uh, detail it, you know, day by day. A lot of really fun episodes. Go ahead, go back and check some of them out, and then let us know what you think. You know, we always appreciate. Um, new listeners going back and telling us which episodes they love um, as well as like old listeners you know letting us know hey i really enjoyed when you had this person on because uh we're you know we're never against bringing back people on for for another episode or two which uh, leads me to next week uh we're lucky enough we were able to score an interview with uh chris van vliet uh boy is that man handsome uh so next week's episode will be uh featuring chris van vliet and then uh we have we've confirmed uh marty and sarah of uh marty and sarah love wrestling for our christmas episode and i hear that uh they might bring santa with them so it's gonna be a pretty fun packed christmas show uh as well as just a bunch of fun episodes we have lined up for you guys um so again go back and listen to some of the other ones if you already haven't and uh we're, we're excited to to bring you so much more fun content but uh, unfortunately, Dave, though, looking at my clock, it uh, it appears it's that time where I run out of things to say. Yeah, I, I've blabbed enough. I'm running out of things to say, too. So, All right, you guys. Well, for the PWT cast, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast. And so I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang. <laughs>